Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the end of the year and possibly the end of our lives, because we still don't know if we're going to survive this virus, but we're sticking in there. How are you guys doing? Not too shabby. Pretty good. How about you, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm liking... Uh... I'm liking my Christmas as far as it's gone so far. And, yeah, how, uh, how was your Christmas, buddy? My Christmas was good. I mean, uh, I didn't do a lot other than like eat and drink and stuff. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, what can you do in the era of COVID, you know? What was on tap? What was on tap? Uh, oh, we, uh, my girlfriend's grandmother makes like a punch. Like it's basically <laughs> a bunch of different alcohols all mixed together. So that'll get you messed up quick. <laughs> oh boy. A drunken punch <laughs> <laughs> from grandma. Yep. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. How was your Christmas? Pretty good. I just spent it with uh, my girlfriend and her family. Uh, I got introduced to uh, the, what do you call it? The Smirnoff, the Smirnoff uh, bottle drinks that uh, like, that are like different flavors, like the lemon and, oh. peach and all that. How, they, Ed, uh, you've never had one of those. You've never, never had one. one of those. Never had one of those until recently, man. And it's just like, they are so fucking good. Okay. Ed, you're getting, as soon as I meet you in person, you're getting iced. You're, you're just, <laughs> you, enough. you missed that whole trend, huh? <laughs> I guess I did. I guess I did, man. But yeah. All right. Everybody who's listening, please ice my guy, Ed, for me. <laughs> so but yeah I, no other than that it was good yeah how about you kellen it, it was fine did anybody get anything good for christmas just some uh some some new clothes some cologne i mean just like i didn't really need too much this year i don't really i never really asked for much around the holidays so it's just yeah <laughs> How about you, Donovan? Yeah, I don't, I don't make it easy on anybody because I really don't ask for anything. So I, I, got, I got some random stuff, like some gift cards and things like that. But I'm not yeah. a very easy to buy for because I'm just one of those people who's not very materialistic when it comes to Christmas and other holidays. Like, yeah, I really don't care at all about the gifts. I That's really, how I feel. yeah, I care more about spending time with my friends and family. So yeah, the fact that this year we can't really spend time with anyone officially, I mean it kind of sucks you know yeah i like buying you know, gifts for people more than getting them personally. yeah for sure and you know that's the thing about you know as you get older you know like like you said you know you don't become as materialistic with gifts you know it's all you may the main like thing that you care about the most is just getting to like have that joy and you know intimate uh setting with your family yeah i usually just oh, yeah. like I usually just like getting naked and running in the snow, but I mean, we're not home, so I can't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I asked like literally everybody uh, that I talk to, cause I feel like it's my go-to question. So I'm going to ask you guys, but do you have a, like a standout Christmas gift that you received? Cause I definitely do for this year. No, for like, not for this year, but of all time, like, do you have a Christmas where you're like, Holy crap. I can't believe I got that. Like that's kind of my year, mind. Actually this year I got one that I did not expect that I didn't, I was going to buy them on my own. And then my dad came through and it was crazy. And well, what did you get? I got a fucking Taylor acoustic guitar. Oh, that's dude. That's sick. Ooh, so I, that's I, sick. I almost shit. Like acoustic electric. Yeah. Or just, Oh, that's sick. awesome. There you, there you and go. I mean, I, it was mostly just clothes and stuff until the very end. And then I get this like little 
envelope that I open and it's got like this receipt. Cause he, he actually, he shipped it to Buffalo thinking I was going to be coming home. Cause he bought, I think he uh, bought it in like September or October. So I thought I was going to be going home and we were going to open mm. it there and stuff. So now it's, now it's stuck in Buffalo and I'm in California, <laughs> but um, that's awesome. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we do that road trip in a couple months. I don't know if I told you guys, but I might be doing a cross country road trip again. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. You so mentioned might, it. Might go pick it up and nice. uh, yeah. So and then come back and then come back. So you're going to go there and then come back practically. Yeah. If honestly, if we do it, where are we going to be going? We're going to be going to like Tennessee. We're going to be going up to like Georgia, Florida, and then all the way over to like tech through Texas and then to visit my brother, Josh in Arizona and then back to LA. Nice. That's awesome. So it'll be crazy if we do that, but I don't know. I hope, I hope so. And what about for you, Ed, you got a standout gift of all time. Uh, of the two, you know, I mean, like, that's the thing. I didn't need anything spectacular this year, but I got an ab wheel, like, you know, to work on the abs. Cause I didn't really, Oh yeah. He means like, all time, but it can be all time. It can all be like any time. Christmas gift any you've Christmas ever gotten ever. Like uh, one that blew your mind. Well, Definitely not an I ab think, wheel. <laughs> I, well, I think, I, well, I mean, I think that, and then also, I mean, like, uh, I'm, I mean, like I'm not picky when it comes to cologne and all that, but you know, I got a Chanel de Blow, uh, cologne. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good that brand. Yeah, it's not cheap either. No, definitely not. So that was definitely a big mind blow for me. Yeah, but you've That's got awesome. you've gotten like like really good electric guitars in the past, right? When you were younger and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last one I ever got, unfortunately, it was handed down to me from a friend who unfortunately passed away from COVID this year. But uh, like all the other guitars I've had, are guitars I've had like since the very beginning. I mean, my very first guitar is long gone, unfortunately. But I still have my second all the way up until the most recent one. Yeah, I'll actually yeah. never forget. Um, a long time ago, you probably know about this. I, uh, I guess I had friends over or whatever, and I, I don't, I don't even know when this happened, but I remember opening the closet in my bedroom door, and my electric guitar was broken in half, just sitting in there. <laughs> I know exactly, and I never, oh, yeah, I never I knew who did it. I think, <laughs> I think we got a good idea who did it. <laughs> I, I have no idea who we, who you're talking about. Uh. Initials uh DA. Definitely not. Uh, that was way before really? him. Way before him. Was was it really? Pretty oh. sure. Yeah, because I remember like I came over the one day, I was like, hey, what happened to that guitar? And you showed it to me and it was like demolished. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. It was like a freaking guitar we got from Media Play, which for anybody that remembers that media Dude, play. Media like, play, bringing it that's, back. <laughs> that's like before FYE. <laughs> Dude, I miss the media play era. That was great. I know. I just, I, I just, I miss FYE and media play. I mean, that, F, like, uh, Do, like Donovan probably even remembers FYE Superstore. Oh yeah. Big time. Oh my God. It was a huge great. one on transit was crazy. I would spend and hours it, in there and it used to be media play. Yeah. But I yep. used to, I used to go into FYE after, after it was media play when there was FYE, I used to go in there and get like full stacks of like 10 movies at a time. Cause you can get like the, the used horror ones and stuff. And I'd find so many good ones for a couple bucks. Yeah. I remember it was like always like a thing, like either with who's with friends or family, we'd go to the movie theater at Regal and take like a trip immediately after to, uh, to media play just to check it out. I used to get in trouble all the time for playing hide and seek in there and FYE. Well, maybe it was only, maybe it was only <laughs> once really, but I mean, that place was huge. It was. So I know I did that once with a couple of friends and we got busted, but that was fun. Happens. 
So yeah. let's see what else. Um, is there anything else for Christmas or is that pretty much it? It was kind of a bust. Like none of us went home. So all of us were still stuck in California. Yeah, nothing exciting. And I heard actually, yeah. I heard, is it true that there's 400 million people in the U.S. or is there more? No, it's less, it's less than 400 million, I think. Isn't it like yeah. 365 or something like that? See, that's what I thought. 370, I thought 300. Somewhere around that. Apparently, according to my dad, which obviously this is wrong because it's CNN. Um, he said he, he heard this on CNN that 85 million people traveled this year for Christmas, which I don't believe at all. I think that's a little bullshit. Well, no, 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 no. Because you have to keep in mind that the way that they track those things, the it's fake. The, the what? It's fake, right? Like that's like a fake number. No, well, I mean, but that's the thing is the the way that you present information, the way that you frame it matters. So if you say that 85 million people traveled for Christmas, but you're not taking into account a certain distance that they traveled, you know, then for sure 85 million people might have traveled for Christmas. But if you're saying did 85 million people travel more than a hundred miles for Christmas, probably not. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It just that seems crazy off to me. But yeah, you have to always take into account what you know what they're uh, using as a measurement. Yeah, probably nothing. Good good point. (laughs) CNN's fake news, though. I mean, come on, they've been busted for pretty much everything. Well, let's be honest. I think most news channels it's have been fake, busted yeah. at some point or another. You know? Yeah, I mean, every everyone's on a certain side. There's really not many news outlets that aren't, you know. Well, well you got to keep in mind, news outlets are very biased and, you know, they lean towards their specific audience. Kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a radio station. They lean towards their specific audience and like, like the, CNN whoever wants to tune for- into it. CNN was more for like Biden as Fox News was more for Trump. But I think that kind of switched. I think Fox News yeah. kind of got more like Democratic at the end. Yeah. I don't know, because their fans were turning on them on Facebook. So, well, I mean, do you guys well, want to do you guys want to go over your top 10 list for music? Because I feel like this has been, you know, it might have been a crappy year for movies, but I feel like the music yeah. industry has excelled in a lot of ways. There was a lot of great oh, music. Absolutely. I didn't rank mine because I was still putting it together. And I know there's there's just a bunch of releases that I didn't get a good enough listen to. So I just wrote a list of like stuff that I really liked, but that's what it should be. In my opinion, I think that, you know, the three of us are going to have very different top 10 lists and that shouldn't be taken by anyone as like, Oh, like this is a definitive list for what you should listen to in 2020. It's more, these are our personal picks for what we took away from the year. What we think are worth listening to. Definitely. Exactly. Ones that just came to mind. Unfortunately, I didn't get 10. I got five albums, but they were like, like a couple of them really did hit me by surprise. You know, like I got more than what I had expected out of it. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I'm curious now. Do you want to, do you want to give us one? What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, First one, first one. And I know Kellen is going to probably, this might be on his list too, but uh, Power Up by ACDC, like the ultimate comeback. Oh yeah. The ult. And you know, I think it was a better comeback compared to the previous album, uh, Rocker Bus. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Rocker, Rocker Bus was last, and then Black yeah. Ice was before that, and Rocker Bus was the first album that Malcolm Young had not performed on because he was diagnosed with dementia. And now, now that he's unfortunately passed away, this is like apparently like it's been. It was said that some of the riffs written on the new album were riffs that he had previously wrote. Hence the reason why I think this one might have potentially did well. Yeah. But you know. I, I felt like I got a bit of that 
sound from like you know the razor's edge era like honestly i think this album kicks stiff upper lip in the ass as well as rocker bust mm. and this and this is me i've been a diehard fan of acdc since like the age of 10 or 11 so for me to say that i know it's it's <laughs> but you know i'm 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 excited to see what it, like if once touring comes back what they're going to do with uh, the stage shows and hopefully none of like the members of the lineup have to like drop out of the tour like the last one yeah well i think yeah the, just the fact that a band like acdc can be around for so long and still you know drop something that people are willing to listen to is is significant especially after losing a key mem- especially after losing a key member too yeah. who's been with the band from the start you know that's never easy like most bands just call it quits you know after they lose a key member but i'm really happy to see that they're still kicking ass and are yeah. they were they touring before the pandemic no 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 the last tour i think they did was the rocker bus tour which was a few years ago and the funny story about that for those if, if nobody was familiar with what happened the singer brian johnson had to temporarily like dismiss himself from the band due to like you know hearing like uh he was like uh his his hearing was in danger like if they said if he kept touring he would have had permanent hearing loss wow. so take a wild guess who comes in to fill in his spot axel rose of guns and roses and you know i was a little skeptical about it but when i saw videos i think he he a lot of people would probably disagree with me but I think he did a pretty decent job. You know, he he still hits high notes. He doesn't sound as similar as he did compared to when Guns N' Roses started out, but he went in and he did it justice. And I think he did a pretty good job. That's awesome. I mean, uh, Kellen, do you want to? I think I, I, I know I, I bought the the new ACDC the day it came out. I got the vinyl and uh, I got it that, at the fingerprint store in Long Beach. Good record store if anybody wants to check it out. Um, I think I completely skipped over Rocker Bust because I remember Black Ice, and uh, I just I don't think I ever listened to Rocker Bust in full or at all really. It's just it was it was like one of those albums you couldn't really listen to from start to finish, you know. Yeah. Did you have any particular favorite songs from the new one? I mean, like I liked uh, what was it? Uh, well, of course, you know, which is shot in the dark, shot in the dark, and that yeah, which is spell. I loved that like a lot actually, and then. Yeah. What was the other one? Code Red's yeah, like, a good re- closer. Like, re- realize rejection and even oh no man's land and then money Demon shot. Fire. Deep money shot and Demon Fire too was just like absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. I played the opening riff to Demon Fire. I, remember, I like, saw that first like twenty seconds or whatever. Remember when we caught ACDC? What was it? November two thousand nine on the Black Ice tour. I thought it was like two thousand ten. Am I wrong? No, I couldn't. No, it was, definitely wasn't 2010. I think it was 2009. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Who opened that? Some like unknown band. I don't even know whatever happened to them. They were called like The Answer. And I think the band Anvil opened up for some of the dates as well. But uh, I, yeah, it was like some unknown band called The Answer. And then like nobody really, It's it was sad. They They were catchy, but nobody really seemed to care who they were, unfortunately. And that's sad because, you know, especially with newer bands that are trying to come in like uh come in and like you know like express like show their music to the world especially for new coming acts but regardless that show was unfucking real i mean i'll never forget that's probably one of the most memorable shows we probably attended what did they open with alongside the train, kiss the train came out the train came out in the middle of the stage rock and roll rock and roll train rock and roll train i remember it okay and then they had hell's bells because they had the bell 
the bell and then dirty deeds and then he comes out of the, the floor for highway to hell with the devil horns and then uh yeah oh what yeah i had i had one? those devil horns remember the little light up devil horns we got from that show yep i remember i think I you remember. got one too right yeah i did i i don't they're probably still in a box somewhere of anything i had and my then also <clears throat> and then they also uh what was another oh yeah tnt when the fire just blows out of the uh the train and then oh yeah whole lot of rosie with the blow up doll <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god dude that was that was such a phenomenal show and you know i heard like rocker bust the rocker bus tour was theatrical like the black ice tour but you know i, I heard it wasn't as theatrical i liked that theatrical aspect that they added to their show it was oh, different and it was like a different approach you could tell they put a lot of money into that one Oh, no question. I mean, probably millions. If so anything. was Rocker Bust a big tour like that one was or no? It was big, but obviously, you know, the sad part to that tour was based on what I read. A lot of people asked for their money back when Axl Rose came in to fill the spot. Nobody like a lot yeah, of ACDC. Fan, well, because, you know, when a lot of ACDC fans, I get it. Some fans are very picky. They want to see specific members of the band. I mean, like, I get it. Like, well, yeah, there I, don't are, want, I don't want another singer filling in for the singer. I could see that. I wouldn't go pay for that either. It would depend on the band, of course. But, you know, and it's the same thing like with Kiss. You know, I've agreed to myself. I would I wouldn't see Kiss again unless I see Ace Freely return. I mean, nothing against Tommy Thayer. I mean, it's just like I'm not I'm not a big fan of the whole thing where Tommy wears Ace's makeup in the band and all that. I don't and, know. I can separate that because. I mean, come on. The other two I, are the I, main members. I mean, really, if we're being real, though, Gene, Gene and Paul are still the main members. Ace would be true. Sweet. That would make it the perfect experience. But I true, but Ace, I, yeah. true, but Ace was the backbone to creating the songs that were their hits, though. Yeah, I mean, but, they have. Yeah. And you had Vinnie Vincent come in in the 80s. Same with Bruce Kulick to like, you know, keep the band alive, especially when they were like when the glam metal era was going on in the eighties and then the grunge movement came along and then the grunge. I just movement mean, died. I just mean my opinion for that is if you saw kiss with the current lineup or with Ace Freely, the only difference would be you'd like the Ace Freely one more just for nostalgic reasons, but it's still going to sound the yeah. same. Everything's going to oh. sound the same. Oh, very much. It'll sound the same. Cause Tommy was Ace Freely in a kiss tribute band before joining kiss. So it only makes sense. And yeah. So like, I get it. Like he can play everything note for note, but you know, yeah, for to some extent, yeah, nostalgic reasons and like Ace being one of the original key members. Are you a fan of Kiss at all, Donovan? Uh, so my parents were Kiss fans, or really? probably more my mom than my dad. So I've heard a lot of their music. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate their music and I like their like I'll I'll listen to them, but it's yeah. not something that I, I like. I wouldn't call myself a fan or anything like that. I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That yeah I'm still amazed. They haven't, even, they haven't even put out an album in like the last eight years on top of it. What I was going to call the quits. What Go I was going to say though is uh, check out the movie Detroit Rock City because that's awesome. Yes. Yes. That's a good ass movie. The kid from Terminator 2 is in it. Uh, Lynn Shea is in it. Who else is in that? <laughs> uh, the one guy from Cabin, Cabin Fever, Fever, like the cop yeah. guy. And then uh, the one kid from uh, that Disney movie with Tim Allen, Jungle to Jungle. Oh, is that what he's in? <laughs> Sam Huntington. Yeah. And then who else is in that movie? There's been like some of those actors went on to do. Oh, yeah. Natasha Leone from uh, American Pie. 
Mm. No, yeah, she's awesome. And and she was in Orange is the New Black, which That's that right. was a great show. I don't know if you guys saw Orange is the New Black, but it was so good. And then it kind of like fell off a little bit. Only the first two seasons count, in my I think, opinion. I think I saw the first three-ish. A buddy of ours, I you know, now I mention it, this buddy of ours, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, uh, do you remember, uh, what was his name? Adam Kellen? Who are we talking Ad, about? Adam, Adam from, uh, Adam from uh, Newcomb High. Had a oh, Adam role on it, or just a new black. Oh, Adam yeah. P. Murphy. Adam Murphy. Oh, he had a speaking role on it. I forgot yeah. about that. See that that was like the greatest thing, Donovan. I was watching Orange and New Black, and he this guy posted on Facebook that he was gonna be in it. And we he was somebody we worked with on that Newcomb High film back in 2012. Yeah. Um, he's like a New York City actor, so he was just in town for that. But um, yeah, he got this pretty cool little speaking role on Orange and New Black, and that was pretty sick. Dude, oh, whatever that's awesome. Ha- whatever happened to him? Have you heard from him at all? I don't know. He's just trucking along. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's just really hard in New York. Just they're just constantly auditioning over there, and I think it's just harder to get stuff over there than it is here. No, I meant in general. Have you heard from him at all? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I messaged him a couple weeks ago about something. Yeah, cause no, cause I, I need to. I got to reach out to him, see how he's doing. <laughs> he was, he was real nice though. He was cool. You have to check him out in New, Newcomb High. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Chips. He's like the science teacher. He gets his like yeah. eye blown off or something. With like a both of them. Both oh, of yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. All right. So Donovan, you're next. Name an album you love. All right. So um, do, are we going to go just top to bottom? Is that what we're going to do? Take turns, go top to bottom. And Well, like I said, I didn't rank mine. So mine are just all bangers. Okay. And I'm just Because I didn't really take into account uh, necessarily a ranking either. Yeah, I, I was going to of... do that. And then I just, I just realized I'm not going to. It's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, it was too, it was too hard. I redid I redid my list like ten times and then just kind of gave it up. So I have I have a favorite. So I'll do that at the end, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I'll. I think I think everybody picking a fra- a favorite would be good. Just the standout album. But uh, yeah, I think his is ACDC. I think that's pretty obvious, right? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Name uh, one you like Donovan. So I think a lot of people will call me. Uh, a sellout for liking this album, but I really like uh, the 1975's Notes on Conditional Form. Oh, they um, had a new one this year? Yeah, they had a new one this year. Oh. I liked it a lot. Um, it was very, in my opinion, different for them. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really what I was expecting, and that's kind of what landed in my top 10. I think that, you know, there's some, I, uh, more maybe more than most people, I really appreciate when a band goes out of their way to, mm-hmm experiment with a new sound and you okay. uh not play to what their fan base might be expecting so i yeah i really like the 1975 notes on conditional form i like their song chocolate a lot that's an old one though that is an older one i mean i think a lot of people they you know a lot of people listening might be like oh i don't think i know the 1975 you probably do because they have a lot of radio hits um, they've had a lot of mainstream success yeah Yes, they have. And that's what would you call them? Like indie rock kind of? Yeah. Indie rock, uh, pop rock. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what comes to mind. So what about you? That's kind of why I never got into them initially. And I still haven't like gotten into them, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of why, because they kind of blew up super fast and were super mainstream. I'm just like, Oh, fuck that band. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very, that's kind of what I did because I didn't listen to anything really before this album came out. And then this album came out and I was like, Oh, like this is not what I I expected at all. They're definitely good musicians. So I definitely want to dive into more stuff from them, but yeah, chocolate's all I really know so far. (laughs) 
but uh i mean speaking of uh your list i mean what's uh what's at number 10 what do you got for us well like i said didn't rank them but i got i got i got about 10 on here so actually i already you know, know what, what i i, I already know 10. which one he's gonna mention <laughs> I already know which one he's going to mention. I don't even need to say it. <laughs> well, now you got to say it, Ed, and we'll see if it lines up. Well, it's probably not number 10. I think he, Kellen's going to rank this as his number one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let me guess. Every time I die. No, because they didn't release. They didn't release anything. <laughs> that would have been my number one. <laughs> they released They released a two-song two or thing, whatever you call it. Would you, but I would say, would you still consider it like a, some kind of release for 2020? As I mean, like a highlight. I mean, yeah, for both of you. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's, it was a highlight for sure. Yeah. Best. No, but um, yeah, no, it was fantastic. It was so cool. They've actually released three songs now because after they did that, that Titathon thing, they, they gave everybody that bought a ticket, a new song called AWOL, which kicked my ass. Yeah. But that, see, the, the only thing is, um, okay. So what kind of upset me, cause I'm going to bring this up now that, AWOL, they should have released on Spotify, in my opinion. I don't think they should have done the whole, oh, you, yeah, it was you know, came to Titathon, so we're going to send this to your email. Because let me tell you how many times I've listened to AWOL. Three times, and that was all because – that was all right after I downloaded it. I downloaded it, I listened <laughs> to it three times, and I never come back to it because I use Spotify exactly. to listen to my music. I, I'm not going to open up my computer exactly. and go into my files and pull up a wall and then start listening to it. Yeah, Nobody it was, does that. It was very silly, and actually uh, – yeah, no, it was very silly. But, I mean, I don't know. I like that song. I still think – I don't know. Colossal Rex pretty good. I don't know how I would rank the three of them, but – they're all good. So I, I in my opinion, the uh, I mean, a, a colossal wreck is pretty good. Um, Desperate pleasures, your favorite, but Desperate Pleasures probably stands out among the rest, just yeah. because it, like, if it, it, it's one of those songs where it it just goes so many different places as far <laughs> as the the style of music in the song. And so like, if I were to show that song to someone, I feel like, um, because it's like, maybe you've had the same thing. Like, have you ever tried to introduce a band to somebody and you know, you're convinced that this band is amazing, but you, you're not really sure of an entry point of like where to show them, start showing them that band. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, with, uh, desperate pleasures, um, it really, it's like one of those songs, one of those few songs that every time I die has where I feel like I could use it as an injection point for somebody where it's like, this is every time I die, give them a listen, see if you like it. And it's not going to be super abrasive to where they're not going to want to listen. Yeah, no, I could hear that, especially with the soft opening and then it gets chaotic and then it gets soft again mm-hmm. and then it gets chaotic again. Yeah, that song really does jump around. Um. All right. Well, I guess if I'll throw one in here uh let's go with hot mulligan you'll be fine that came out literally at the start of the virus like i shit you not that came out probably days before the virus blew up in march like middle of march i think so yeah and that's why it's awkward because the album is called you'll be fine (laughs) well i mean or maybe that's a really good album to drop at that time maybe but i felt bad for the band because they were going to tour like crazy this year. They had a bunch of plans and none of it happened. <laughs> so uh, actually the only time they did get to play a show, they played at that thing in Chicago. They played with knuckle puck. 
um, the day before New Found Glory did that 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 event at the Drive-In. I don't know if you heard about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a two-day event. First day was Hot Mulligan and Knuckle Puck, and the other one was like New Found Glory, and um, I don't know, maybe they were all on that one. But um, yeah. Ed, you said you've only got five picks, right? That you yeah, pretty, only five, man. I mean, that's okay. all I could get for this year. But yeah. no, I'm just saying because then, uh, like Kellen, do you want to do two at a time? Yeah, sure. So yeah, whatever. Keep... That's fine. Okay, so we can keep yeah, counting but... down along with Ed. But yeah, this is uh this is a banger of emo whiny music that any emo whiny person would love. Yeah, but that doesn't justify it. Get over here. Like, I mean, Hot Mulligan is better than that. It's not emo whiny music. Come here. And it's just yeah. a term uh, Kellen made up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's just it's good pop punk alternative emo music. It's really good. Um, let's see. I don't know if there's like a standout song. I mean. It, the opening's really good. You got Equip Sunglasses. That's a really good one. Uh, Feel Like Crab. They're all good. They got really funny song titles. And I really like uh, Green Squirrel in Pretty Bad Shape. So that's another one. Check that out. Um, um, so I'm doing two? Yeah. Yeah. That order. Wait, you are because you already. I did. Did one. you do two? I did. Where it... He thought it was Eted, but that's not one. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, Hot Mulligan, You'll Be Fine, and then I guess I'll just throw in ACDC because that was on my list, too. So. Uh, did you have a standout song? On the ACDC one, definitely Witch's Spell is my favorite, personally. But, like yes. I said, I like I like pretty much all the songs. They're all great. Shot in the Dark yeah. is probably the best song, if you're, like, really looking at it that way. But that's the one we heard first. That's the single. So, of course, that's going to be the last one I play. <laughs> Cause I'm sick yeah. of hearing it. So that's well, just nah, how it works. It, I, it, what's great. I just like that. You know, it's a new song. Yeah. You know, some people will criticize and say, Oh, it sounds like everything else they put out, but you know what? You really dig deep into it. You listen closely. It's a whole new song, but you know what? It still just kicks ass. Yeah. But you also mm-hmm. listen to ACDC to listen to ACDC. So I'm not going to turn on ACDC. Yeah, exactly. Hope for P- Pearl Jam. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's hear another one from you. Um, yeah, so uh, do you guys do either of you listen to Dance Gavin Dance? Heard wait, wait, wait. I think it was kind of sorta. I don't know who whose turn whose turn is it? Uh, I think you and I both have to do two, and then we come back to Ed. Oh, yeah, both. Okay. Of, yeah, both. You go ahead. My bad. Yeah. Um, do either of you listen to Dance Gavin Dance or not really? I don't. Um, so this year they released their album Afterburner, and if you don't listen to Dance Gavin Dance, I would highly recommend you do because okay. They are. Um, I've listened to kind a couple of, times. Huh? What did you say? I've listened to them a couple of times. Yeah, they're they're so they're kind of uh, the only band right now, currently, contemporarily, that is uh, continuing the metalcore sound and like really like uncompromisingly heavy, and that's what I really, really? like about them. Um, and not only that, but they're amazing mu- musicians. I mean, um, the lead singer has a heavenly voice. Uh, as well as uh, like deep growly vocals. Um, the musicianship across the whole album is awesome. I like the lyricism in the album. Um, yeah, there's really not much else to say. I just, if you like heavy music and you like melodic music mixed with really heavy riffs, then you're, you'll probably like Dance Gavin Dance, especially their newest album, Afterburner. So the singer of that, does he scream and sing? It's, he does both? 
he does yeah he does both um okay but his in my opinion he is a much better melodic singer he is a much better uh vocalist than many of his contemporaries i see um so that's that's personally why i listen to them because they're one of those bands that if you listen to them you're going to you're they're just a lot higher caliber than anybody else you listen to and that comes across almost as as soon as you hear them and they are a little more heavy on the production side Mm -hmm. um which if that annoys you as a listener to heavy music then you might not like them as much yeah um but if you're okay with that you're okay with you know um the level of production that's on there i mean it's all really high quality stuff but you know if you're that person who doesn't necessarily like um a little bit of uh, synth popping up or something like that, then you might get a little annoyed. All right. Well, now that you're doing that, I'm sorry, but I got I to gotta name another album just because you're talking about heavy, crazy production. Uh, let's go with Code Orange underneath. Oh, my God. Yes. Because that album rips your face off from start to finish. It's just like, it's like, like the whole time and then just silent and then. You know. Dude, Code Orange is another one of those bands where you cannot just, you cannot pin them down. Like, yeah, they are all over the map and I they, love it. They are a force to be reckoned with and every album yeah. seems to get better. Every album seems to get crazier. And I actually really like the fact that they released a kind of, I don't want to say softer sound or a, a softer single for this new one, but they released the underneath song first and people were talking major shit. They're like, oh, this band's getting soft now. Yeah. And that's like the album closer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's got like a little bit more singing in it, I think. Um, but yeah. Every like album all- needs, every album, not every album, but a lot of albums have a soft closer. So it's normal. Yeah. But I mean, you got other songs on here like Erasure Scan and, you know, Cold Metal Place and all these other ones that just are just nuts. So I don't know. Give that one a listen because it's crazy. That also came out in March. Uh, do you have a standout track? Let me see. Uh, I mean, Swallowing the Rabbit Hole is a good opener. I mean, there, you got that intro and then you got that one. Mm. Um, I can't remember which. Let me just see here. I'm just going to look at them all. In Fear is really good. I really liked Sulfur. Sulfur Surroundings is a good one with the singing. But yeah, I think, I don't know, Erasure Scan really was the one that took me by surprise. When I heard that, I was like, wow, this band really goes above and beyond to get crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one really, that's probably my favorite just, just because of that reason alone. But the whole thing's a banger. It's 47 minutes of just murder. So, yeah, Code <laughs> Orange underneath, check it out. <laughs> Uh, for everybody, like for anybody listening and like maybe doesn't know who Code Orange is or like a lot of these bands that we're talking about, we'll, we'll list the, the genre for them too. So, uh, Kellen, what genre would you consider Code Orange to be? They're like metal, hardcore, hybrid. Uh, I don't even know. And they they even the have nails. like some industrial aspects. And yeah. Like... They're, they're huge nine inch nails fans. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're a Pittsburgh band and you know, they used to play, I don't know if you knew this, but they played funeral home at Buffalo in Buffalo. Did they oh, like yeah. before they blew up? Yeah. I think they played there just on their own possibly. And then they opened for ETID there, I think at like a Christmas show. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, funeral they, they were home. coming back and forth to Buffalo a lot in the beginning. And that was when they were under the moniker Code Orange Kids, because they used to be Code Orange Kids. I don't know if you knew that. That's I know I, 
I don't know that, but that name yeah. sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen that on yeah billboards and like show lineups before, and I never like checked them out, which is even the weirder thing. Yeah, so they were Code Orange Kids until they came out with uh, was I Am King. Let me see. Yeah, I Am King, and then Forever came out, and then Underneath. So they got the three albums, and they're going with like a different color scheme for each album. So I Am King was green, Forever's red, Underneath is blue, and who knows if they're gonna keep that going, but. So they did all those, and they, they did that one song for the uh, the WWE wrestler, which I forgot who that was for. But yeah, this band's blowing the hell up. They're already on like WWE. Oh wait, here it is, right here. You know who uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt is? Yeah, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, him. he's like a, I think he he's kind of like one of the newer newer guys. They got a song called "Let Me In," and it's like his intro. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, this band and and I, and they they got a Grammy too. So. Oh, sick. Well-deserved. Good job. Uh, so we're back to you, Ed. So one band, uh, this one was pretty surprising, but, you know, they haven't really released because like they they disbanded for a bit in the in the early 90s and then came back in the late 90s, but was a band called Armored Saint. And they just recently put out an album. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Punching the Sky. Punching the Sky. And I remember just constantly hearing about it. Um, when they released it a couple months back. So like uh, the other day, like I had, I wanted to give it a listen and, uh, and anybody who is a fan of like, also like the band Anthrax, the singer of Armored Saint, uh, John Bush was with Anthrax in the nineties when Joey Belladonna was out of the band. But uh, I was really surprised with this, you know, I mean, it was definitely, definitely a big surprise. And, you know, the, the songs that did stand out to me were like, you know, like standing on the shoulders of giants and my jurisdiction and end of the attention span. I mean, they got some kind of like campy tit- song titles, not campy, but like interesting. And then even like other songs like lone wolf missile to the gun. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's like, it's an album. I would definitely recommend listening to it, I I do believe it deserves a little more attention than it's gotten, but you know, I'm glad to see that this band is even still kicking and anybody who's a horror movie fan, Armored Saint also appeared in uh, Hellraiser 3. Really? Oh, wow. nice. I uh-huh. like that one. Hell on Earth? Yep. Hell on Earth. Uh, they did a song, uh, what was it? Hanging Judge. And, and remember like the remember the uh, the club scene and all that where the band is playing? I don't remember anything about it, but I remember liking that one. I think that's like yeah. the, last, the last good Hellraiser movie until they got yeah. a little shitty. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the band playing in the movie is armored saint so no it was really i'm really cool it's really it makes me happy to see that some of these bands are still kicking it after all these years do they follow do they uh fall solidly under one genre or do they kind of encompass a few different they apparently they they're just labeled as heavy metal like they're not any with any particular subgenre or anything they're just like straight up heavy metal like like judas priest or iron maiden they're just not any particular subgenre of metal they're just heavy like heavy metal you know they're yeah the vocals are clean are clean they're easy to understand the guitars are just heavy and you know powerful and that's like and you know i mean like that's the thing you don't gotta be extremely heavy you don't have to be too soft to be good but it's it's got to catch that's what i love about armor saint yeah all right you got one more i think we're doing two uh no because ed's only got five that's why oh i see why you're doing that okay yeah so it evens out all right so is that back to me or is that you? I can't remember. Uh, doesn't matter. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll just say this one before I do my two because this is 
kind of like ETID where it was just singles that this band released. But if anybody, oh shoot, if anybody remembers the Go-Go's, they released a song called Club Zero, which I checked that out after watching that amazing documentary they did for Showtime. And Club Zero is actually pretty great. Kind of sounds like old Go-Go's. So check that out. And let's see. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I lost my list for a second. So uh, let's see. Two more releases. All right, there's this new one called, this band called Super Crush, and the album's called Soto Pop, and the album cover's got, like, these tennis balls all over it. Um, I don't know. I, I knew nothing about this band, and then I saw their record in this place called Going Underground, which is a record store in L.A. Didn't think any anything of it, and then the singer of Touche Amore put it on his, like, <clears throat> top 10 or top 20 favorite list of, of the year, so I checked it out, and it's pretty good. I would say it's, like, kind of like indie rock emo what was the band uh they're called super crush super crush and i think they've had a couple of releases before and i don't think i've ever heard of them before this but um it's pretty solid so i just put that on there so not much to, to say about them but i'm gonna get into them more later let's see let's go with seaway big vibe i don't know if you remember seaway they're a pop punk band from not far from buffalo from like hamilton i think and they're pretty big. Um, they've had a bunch of albums now. This is like their fourth one, I think. Fourth, like full length. And uh, our buddy from Head North. You remember Head North? You there? Are you talking to me? Yeah. No. Head North from Buffalo. Remember like Brent Martone's band? I don't know oh, you- yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I I totally forgot that was even a thing. Yeah. Do you so remember? They, uh Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Continue with what you're saying. <laughs> I, know, it's just, I was just saying, their drummer, uh, Ben or Lieber or whatever, he did the album art for this album. Like, he designed it for Seaway yeah. Big Vibe. So the album art's cool as fuck. And he, he did stuff for their videos, too, like the coloring or something. So I don't know. That was kind of the main reason I jumped into it. I'm already a Seaway fan, so I was going to check it out anyway. But that was, like, an extra reason to check it out. And uh, the album's really good. So check out Big Vibe by Seaway. I like the opener, uh, Brain in a Jar. That's like my favorite. That and Peach. Peach is good. Awesome. I like any bands that are related to Western New York. Hell yeah. Actually, they went on tour with them. Head North toured with Seaway and uh, Knuckle Puck. And I think Free Throw was on that too. It was a very stacked lineup back in 2015. And I got to see them at the Roxy. So that was pretty sweet. awesome. Yeah. Roxy is amazing. Yeah. I feel like any, anybody gets a chance yeah. to play the Roxy. They've officially made it. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent. I mean, you could, you could be a shitty band and play the Roxy, but that's still pretty cool. <laughs> All right. You're next. Um, is that, oh, that was, that that was, was two. two. Yeah. Um, Okay, so my list is probably going to, uh, again, like we're not following any specific genre or we're not saying that these lists are the bottom line best of the year. I want to make that clear. These are just my favorite. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I really like Amine because I don't think, uh, well, I mean, he does get a lot of mainstream attention. He's very popular. Uh-huh. Um, and he blew up with his album Limbo this year. Okay. Um, he's very, very um multi-dimensional for a hip-hop artist i like listening to him a lot as a 
uh he's a very talented rapper but i mean his honestly the, the the reason that i like him a lot more than most uh musicians in the main industry mainline industry because he's funny and he's like he doesn't take things super seriously like some artists do mm-hmm. um like if you watch any of his music videos you'll see he has a sense of humor in the way that he directs things and delivers lines and I love uh, that. even in his yeah like it's just it's fun to listen to, you know? And I think that's one thing that some people kind of miss in music, especially like critics and stuff uh-huh. is they'll treat music. Like it's, it's this ultimate thing. Yeah. Like it's especially, this... especially in rap music. They're always, Oh flex- yeah. They're always flexing on each other and everybody's got to be richer than the other one. Everyone's got to be like dissing each other. Just like make your own music, have fun with it. Shut the fuck up about it. Exactly. Else. Or like in uh well, I mean, that's part of rap music is like the, the showing off and everything. But I mean, especially for critics, they yeah. tend to make it seem like, Oh, like this person just really understands what's going on in the world. And like, yeah. shut up. Like they're making music. Like it's, it's not like your profession is yeah. the ultimate thing in the world, which is what, sometimes they make it seem like but that's why people um, trash on like rap rappers like logic and stuff because they have an actual meaning behind it and uh a lot of the rappers can't stand that they want they want it to be fake and they want it to be about flexing and i don't think i I don't know i I feel like a lot of that cringy like because there is a lot of cringe rap out there and like oh mumble rap is oh kill it it. it's just like you know that's a thing what no matter what genre you have, if you know if you have a meaning behind, if there's like a, a meaning behind the song, if you're sending like a message that you know has some kind of a purpose behind it, then yeah, I can respect that. Okay. Drake, so, does Drake does Drake flex really hard? I can't remember. Drake, I mean, kind of, sort of, like not. Yeah, that's really. what I'm saying because I like I like a lot of his music. Like he had some meaning behind his. Okay, I, so I like I like it's the singing that's involved with it too. It's not just straight up rap. Like he can sing and stuff. No, Drake Drake's done a lot, and I may I don't like necessarily everything that Drake has done in the past. Yeah, but no. at, at the very least, you can say that he's experimented with different sounds. I mean, he's definitely yeah. gone heavy with R and B. He's Absolutely. done a lot of heavy rap. He's done uh, a lot of pop music. So I mean, he's not. You can't say he's a one dimensional artist. But at the yeah. same time, I don't think it's fair to say that like oh, Drake's the best ever just because he no. has a pop song and a rap song and a hip-hop song, you know? Not like, at all. You can't just check the boxes. I did like the Take Care record from 2011 or whatever, though. Yeah. That was probably my favorite from him overall. Uh, so, okay, because you guys just brought up, uh, like, crappy rap and stuff, and I'm just going to say crappy music in general Yeah. Um, to keep it fair. But, like... Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like Playboy Cardi dropped a album on, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve. He dropped uh, a whole lot of, a whole lot of red. Oh no. There was, yeah. There's, so the big, the music industry is like up in arms about this album because it's supposed to be this huge thing. It's supposed to be this big deal. Playboy Cardi is this highly touted artist and a lot yeah. of other artists have backed him. His album is produced by Kanye West. He had Kid Cudi involved. Like he literally had it made for him. And yeah. it is the shittiest album I have ever listened to. Oh, it's it is, bad? Dude, it is so bad. It is oh, so wow. bad. Because the entire time it is him you, you, like rapping and using ad libs that are just the most childish and like huh. cringy like stuff. Like it's it's if a if you're an artist who can pull off saying you know kind of cringy things because there are artists that are like that they can say something that's kind of like yeah you'll you'll kind of like oh like i don't know like, why he said that but they, they yeah. can like kind of play it off kind of like every time i die where he's just like i'm a cunt 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like kind of like that. Like some artists can play it off and you can believe that like, oh, this person really is big enough to say that. And like for me not to care. Yeah. You do not get that vibe from Playboy Cardi. It sounds like a child. It does not sound good. Um, some of the beats are pretty good. Yeah. But all in all, I mean, in my Talk opinion, shit. it's yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And fortunately, it is being recognized as such, even though it is being touted by Kanye West and people like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Kanye I mean, West is deranged. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the funny part, dude, is like Kanye West's song is the best part of the whole album. Like dude, Kanye actually, West has an amazing verse on it and that's it. Yeah. I mean, he's a great rapper and stuff. And I loved his early stuff with like college dropout and uh, graduation was great. And what was the other one? Late registration, which yeah. I got that. I got that for Christmas in like 2004. <laughs> I don't know why my parents bought me that, but I bought, they bought it on a CD for me. I was like nine. Dude. See the CD collection. I, I actually, when I went back home last time, I've got like binders and binders of CDs. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I used to love those things. Those little things you open and you just flip through. Oh it. yeah. Oh, I got tons yeah, of those. Man. Have, have it in the backpack for school and all that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, get back to Ed here. So I'll just say uh, this one is like really plain and boring, but it is really good. Uh, Juice world 11 uh, legends never die. Oh dude. I should have put good. that on my list. I'm an idiot. I, that's what I forgot. Okay. <laughs> it's a, but that's the thing is it's one of those albums where like uh, juice world has unfortunately passed. Uh, this posthumous album is ridiculously good in my opinion. I think he really oh, yeah. nails a lot of uh, the rapping and the verses. He's such a talented individual. And I would kind of hesitated to put him on because when there's so many things stacked up like that, where you're supposed to say that it's good, it, you almost like don't have to say, Oh, it's good. It's an yeah. album of the year, whatever, but it is good. It's worth listening to. If you don't usually listen to rap or pop music, I guarantee you, you're going to recognize some of the verses off of this album because they're going to be played everywhere. Guarantee yeah. you. Now he was one of the best freestylers of all time. Dude was oh nuts. yeah if you yeah. the tim westwood freestyle i mean oh my god like for an hour that dude just jumped on different beats and just came up with different rhymes like there's yeah. no way that you can say that he's a bad musician like no he was he's a ridiculous musician it sucks how he died but yeah no he he was really good were they don't still, swallow like, a bunch it? of Percocet pills you know yeah, i mean that was <laughs> fucking stupid i don't know why he did that but um I mean, is that like prison? Like, what is that even? What even is that? Uh, I'm not sure what. Uh, like, could he have gotten in a lot of trouble if the cops caught him with that? Like, well, I think it, I think from what I had read, his concern was that uh, if he was caught with the amount that he had and without a prescription, it would have been considered dealing, in which case he would have gotten much more time. Okay. So that was my understanding is that he swallowed them because he thought, oh, I'm going to get caught. And they're going to pin me as a dealer or something like that. You know, that he's going to get this mm -hmm. gigantic prison sentence or this gigantic fine, whatever. Cause I'm sure he could afford the bail no matter what it was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's just, I, I don't know. He probably is just not good under pressure or something. I mean, he had like emotional issues, obviously, just by listening to his music. Yeah. But um, uh, so we're back to Ed. Ed, what do you got? So another one, well, it came out earlier in the year. Well, not actually, no, it didn't. I take that back. It, um, like they just had like music released along the way. Actually, yeah, it did come out before the pandemic. Was a uh, ordinary man by Ozzy Osbourne, and you know, dude. Oh yeah, I love that one. It was. I was pretty surprised. You know, I think my 
The only complaint I did have was I was hoping Zach Wilde was going to come back as a guitarist, but I would say Andrew Watt actually did it justice as a guitar player and, you know, as his, somebody who did a lot of, had a lot of involvement in the album. Speaking of of Ozzy Osbourne, you're wearing the brand new hat. I got you. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is. Lovely. So, and I was, I thought it was also amazing just to even see Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses involved as a bass player almost on the whole album. And even Chad Smith as well from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So it was definitely, and then even like other guest appearances appearing on it, like Slash, Tom Morello, and even Elton John appearing as a co as like a, as one of the co-lead vocalists on the title track for Ordinary Man. And apparently, you know, I guess some people, I guess, you know, some people were hit and miss on the one track that had like the couple of tracks that had Post Malone. And I know Kelly. I love that song. Fan of Post I love Malone. that one. That's yeah. one of the highlights for me. I think yeah. so. I, I appreciate that Post Malone, you know, gives a lot of attention to, you know, the heavy metal genre. Cause he, I mean, he's a huge fan of that stuff too. Oh, he's, and he's a guitar he player. He likes everything. Well. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was a great album. And even like for the title track, including the music video of Ordinary Man, I thought it was just outstanding. Like I, even if you watch the music video, it's like an incredible look back on Ozzy's career, you know, and just like how he was like a huge sensation, like almost throughout his career from being controversial for like, to like all that, you know, it was like, a, it was just like an entire look back on his history. Yeah, and then, and then even yeah. like the music video straight to hell showing like the right like a writing scene and all that it was just like yeah i thought that it was a pretty good it was a pretty good album i was satisfied with we it. were supposed it was to go meet album him in 10 years remember we were we gonna were. go meet him at amoeba he had like a signing and i just knew i was like there's no way i'm even gonna try dude it's ozzy I, osbourne like the line's gonna be stupid at like four in the morning and it exactly is what yeah. happened the line like started forming at a crazy time and they cut it off probably like 10 hours before the event even happened. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's like, if you, if you have a large following like Ozzy, like good luck trying to get to like a meet and greet for him. I mean, you couldn't even get a pick with him anyway. So that's kind of not even worth it to me. Yeah. And that's the thing. Maybe. Yeah. An autograph is great and all, but I want a picture with the person I'm getting it from too. Exactly. I want to remember the experience. But yeah, but no, it was it was a it was a good album, and you know I hope to see. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know Ozzy's had some health issues over time. You know that's no surprise, unfortunately. But uh, I hope that he. I really do hope to God that he sticks around a bit longer because I still have not seen him live either. Yeah, I mean Ozzy Osbourne is uh, recently. I think um, he featured on Post Malone's album. I think it was Hollywood is Bleeding was the album that he featured on that's the new and one, yeah. it was like the first time that i had heard ozzy osbourne in a while as far as like something new that he had done mm-hmm. and i was really impressed like I, I i liked it a lot i liked his feature and then uh i didn't get around to listening to his new album ordinary man until mm-hmm. i actually last week i listened to it last week i was like oh man like i i put this in my uh in my uh liked and i forgot to listen to it so i listened through it and uh, I would say it was more hit or miss for me as far as what like stuck, like what resonated with <laughs> me because I do like Ozzy's old sound. Um, oh yeah. Well, you know, think of it like this, even like with all the newer albums that I listened to this year, compared to all the releases of these bands going back here, you know, audio production has changed 
drastically over the years. I mean, yeah, it's all digital compared to now. You have Pro Tools, and you know, everything is so digital now. Like you have plugins for guitar amps instead of miking up the guitar amps like they did back then, compared to recording on tape as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think the new production stuff is great, but you know, I mean, I don't think you can ever compare it to like the classics and like the original way they used to record. But you know yeah. what? I'm regardless. I'm glad to see these bands are still kicking ass, and especially Ozzy. absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. I'm and just that, saying, War Pigs. You're not getting better than War Pigs, in my opinion. Oh, War Pigs, never. <laughs> never. Well, even like a well, even like a the uh, Blizzard of Oz album, and as well as uh, Diary of a Madman, and even like the mid '80s stuff. You know, people don't give it as much. Cr- they do, but like even like the glam metal era of Ozzy with the ultimate sin. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he had the, I mean, like, it's Ozzy's just one of those people, you know. He, I, I mean, I'm sure he probably had a few hit or misses, but you know, in general, he put out some fucking amazing music. That's all I'm going to say. And he bites bats. Yeah. That too. And he, and he did it in Little Nicky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. All right. I think it's back to my turn, isn't it? It yep. is, sir. All right, well, let's just go right to it. Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof, which is Buffalo, New York rapper, Benny the Butcher. Holy choice. Uh, I think I started listening to this one when I was in New York City, and I actually got to see he was on the huge uh, sign, whatever you call it, next to the main column in Times Square. So, I mean, he really a major, major yeah, promotion right there. Um, well, anybody who gets up on Times Square, you know, that's some pretty good press right there. Exactly. So it was really cool to see a Buffalo legend, you know, new new legend to be promoted that way. So that was very cool. Um, I don't know too many of the songs like off my top, top of my head, but I know the one song. Let me see. It's like Sly something. Sly Green, maybe. Yeah, it's called Sly Green. And I think... I think Lil Wayne's on that too. I'm not sure, but I don't know. He's got like the old school hip hop sound. So if anybody's into that, you'll definitely like burden of proof. So let's see what else we got here. Everybody in that Griselda clan is like crazy. I mean, we got Conway, the machine. Who else am I missing? Conway, the machine, Benny, the butcher. There's the one other guy. I don't know because I don't listen to Griselda. I only follow Benny, the butcher. Oh, you don't? Okay. Griselda's released was great too, but that came out in 2019. It came out last you said that last time on the last episode. That's why I wanted to check them out. Yeah. No, they're, they're good. All right. Let's see. So that's that one. Uh, Touche Amore put out Lament, which is their fifth full-length release. They're an LA band. Uh, I guess you call them like post-hardcore. Um always loved this band for a very 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 long time uh, his last album was called stage four and that was on the death of his mother dying of stage four cancer so that was a very sad album to listen to um but it was a banger nonetheless this one's got ups and downs just like that one did in terms of happiness sadness feelings and uh, themes throughout it but um another banger i listened to this one on the way to arizona and uh it's definitely got the the good road trip vibes to it so check it out next time you're driving is uh how has touche amore changed in their sound um from in like the last let's say 
10 years. They changed. I mean, they're definitely like they were crazier in the beginning in terms of just like noisier. Because that's all I'm aware of. I, to be honest, I didn't, I wasn't even aware that they had released something this year. Let's see. I'm going to go through it. Um, I mean, their first release was just Touche Amore, which was like sort of like an EP. I think it was like eight songs. Um, they kind of consider that like a release, though. So you got that one. Yeah, it's eight songs. Um, that one's got We Hate Fred Phelps.com, which is Fred Phelps <laughs> from Westboro Baptist Church. Oh my God. <laughs> I almost and forgot they just have crazy that. songs like that. And uh, Honest Sleep is probably one of their best songs ever. <laughs> and then they come out with To the Beat of a Dead Horse, which my favorite song on that one's Throwing Copper. I love that one. Um, I don't know. Every, everyone's been a banger, but. Um, Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me came out in 2011. And I remember when we were in high school, I was listening to this like every freaking day when I heard it. Um, I'm going home on the school bus and stuff. I'd be blasting this. Um, so and then and then they had Is Survived By in 2013. And that was also when I was in high school. So they were a high school band <laughs> for me. That's how I got into them. And I'm still listening to them now, several years after I graduated college. So they yeah, I got to check that one out. They've officially blown up. Yeah, they're huge. Um, so I'm gonna continue with my list, and we are on uh, "Ugly Is Beautiful" by Oliver Tree. Do do either of you guys know about Oliver Tree? You not really. Not. I can't, can't yeah, say. You, you were showing me. I think when I was with you. Yeah, I, but I mean, like, have you ever listened to him outside of that? Before, yes, like once or twice. Okay. See, most people I feel like are um, pretty unaware of Oliver Tree and he like he did finally drop an album and I feel like it uh, he didn't get maybe as much recognition for it as he should have because basically what happened is he got screwed over by the music industry and he's been very, been very vocal about this. Um, he's a caricature of an artist. He That's how he describes himself. He's very... Um, very vocal about his dislike of the music industry and the way that it's run like a business. Um, so he released this album, but it was unfortunately a conglomeration largely of single tracks that he had dropped earlier as a result of his label pushing him to market himself more. So this album dropped, it didn't have a lot of original songs and that's kind of what okay. I think did it in. Uh -huh. But it is, uh, it was released in 2020. The original tracks uh, that I hadn't heard before are really good. Um, a lot, I mean, a lot of people have probably heard these songs before because they get featured on like TV shows and movies. And like, he's a very sought after artist right now just because of his sound is very unique. Mm -hmm. um, but I think he falls into pretty solidly into like pop rock. Um, that's what you could describe him as, but he's- yeah. He's done some rap. He's done some punk. He's done some hardcore. Um, recently, he his most recent stunt. He, uh, I'm pretty sure it's him. Uh, he started marketing. He's like, oh, this new artist, Little Ricky ZR3, is gonna be like. He's gonna change the music industry. And really, it's mm -hmm. just him in like a mask, and which I thought was hilarious. Like just like marketing yourself as like this new up and coming artist and just yeah. putting on a mask and saying that it's you. Um, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's it's fun to listen to, uh, even if you don't, you know, particularly follow Oliver the tr Oliver Tree. It's still fun. Um, He's got crazy and, outfits he wears and stuff too. I love. I love. Yeah, he, he always he his outfits are all like '90s themed and like you know he 
yeah. he just he's just a weird dude and i that i like artists that don't again take themselves too seriously like i like i like when artists can kind of take a step back and and poke a little fun at the industry that they're in you know yeah for sure kind of like a odd future yeah exactly like odd oh, future yeah. and uh i mean all of the members of odd future like i mean for sure tyler and uh uh oh who am i forgetting right now uh, left brain haji dami or damien um, damo genesis uh jasper taco sid i remember no, them i'm thinking <laughs> the biggest one i'm str- trying to think of like uh earl mike, sweatshirt that's who it is mike g <laughs> um but uh and then oh yeah that's right i have one more and then uh polo g the goat did he do you listen to polo g at all Kelly? i feel like i've heard of that i don't know though uh yeah it's just it's he's a very lyrical rapper very um mm-hmm. he's just good at telling stories and he's very yeah. easy to listen to because um, his production is very ma- makes his vocal style very succinct. It's very easy to listen to. There's not a lot of distortion. There's not a lot of. Uh, it's not overly produced. They always okay. put his voice as the main uh, sound on the track, which I like. It makes it very easy to understand. Um, and he, I mean, he stands out because he's got an amazing flow, yeah. and he really just he's he reminds me of a juice world or like some of these guys that would get really highly touted like tyler the creator because he is so creative and because he does have such a a distinct sound um with with what he creates so yeah very cool what was his name again uh polo g if you yeah if you listen to him he's got a few singles that are really good but in particular i think 21 is his best uh single it's just very melodic it's really uh, crisp vocals, good flow. Um, it's fun to listen to. Oh, he was on Hate the Other Side on Juice World. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. Very cool. I'm going to have to check him out. He's been around for a bit, it looks like. Not really. I mean, 2020 oh, wait, no, was really. <laughs> his first big big release. Uh, I mean, like, as far as a full-size project. Oh, I see. Okay. But... Um, a lot of singles he's yeah you're going to be seeing a lot of him he's going to be very very highly uh touted in the music industry i think coming up here his uh latest single is bop it bop it i don't i don't think i've even heard that one yet i need to listen to that one <laughs> this album cover is amazing or like the little single covers hilarious it's like him with a bunch of girls in uh bikinis with water guns <laughs> and there's one girl at the bottom going on like a slip and slide <laughs> awesome (laughs) all right who's next uh i guess i am so (laughs) an album that i gave a listen to was uh uh that album uh whoosh by deep purple that uh band that's been around obviously for wait they're still doing music they are still doing music and they put an album out this year and you know it you know the sound like it's it sounds like it's a bit of how they sounded like back in the day with a combination of like the modern day production so but you know what regardless i liked it i liked even hearing that ian gillen sounds amazing still after all these years i mean i mean like it's not a you can't compare to like compared to when richie blackmore was in the band as a guitarist like you know richie blackmore went on to like do bands with like ronnie like like uh he did rainbow with ronnie james dio but like uh, honestly, 
I thought it was a great album and you know and like and it was even like produced by Bob Ezrin Bob Ezrin's been like a long time producer for bands like going from like Kiss to Alice Cooper Pink Floyd Deep Purple even to like bands like Nine Inch Nails and even like all of that and like the Deftones I thought that it was I thought it was you know for I mean, I don't think it was really a supposed comeback, but, you know, and I almost saw Deep Purple a couple of years ago. I still, I almost saw them with a Judas Priest, but I missed out because I was actually working at the time. And, um, but it was like, I mean, like, I got to say, you know, for a new album by Deep Purple, I mean, like, I felt like, a, I don't know how I felt. Like, it's almost like I felt like I was listening to, almost like a newer band combined with an older band could probably based on like the way the production sounded maybe because like kind of like what we said earlier production audio production has changed so much over time hence the reason why it's not gonna sound entirely like how it did back then which i'm fine with that you know because it kind of gives us a little something new but uh even like with uh even like the uh, songs like throw my bones were like amazing. And like, even like it had a great instrumental, apparently based on what I looked up, uh, it was written by their original guitarist, Richie Blackmore uh, and the address. So, but like, what's great about it is, you know, it's deep purple is not a heavy band. They're not soft, but like, and they, it's like, it's just like a, it's just a very catchy band. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, they recorded, they released one of the most catchiest songs anybody everybody knows smoke on the smoke water, on the water. But yeah. so i mean it does their new stuff fall pretty solidly under one genre yeah yeah hard rock pretty much hard yeah. rock just like rock you know i mean it's it's yeah just straight up rock you know it doesn't fall under like you know any kind of like subcategory or anything like that or subgenre yeah but you know i i'd have to you know i i do have to give this album like a good rating on it because like honestly I actually was really surprised to like, you know, even like to, to know that they're still recording, you know, I mean, I think it was like, the first yeah, absolutely. Album. I think they put out another album, like, like three or four years ago as well. But, you know, regardless, I just thought it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was great. You know, <laughs> that's all I can say, but yeah. Awesome. And then, so yeah, you guys are next. Kellen, we're back to you, my man. Is it back to me? Yes, sir. All right. So let's go with Alec, Alec Benjamin, These Two Windows. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He I have not. like a pop acoustic pop singer. He's got like an acoustic guitar. Um, very good songwriter. Uh, I think he's around my age, actually. He might be like a year older than me. Uh, just absolute bangers from start to finish. It's a very short album. I think. What genre does it fall under? I'm like honestly not sure because it's like kind of poppy. I'm gonna look it up. But I liked I liked his song "Let Me Down Slowly," which is on his previous album. Mm. And I, I think my sister got me into him. She posted a song, and I was that that song "Let Me Down Slowly," and I was like, "This song's a ripper." Let's see, American singer songwriter from Phoenix. Just genre is pop music. But I don't know. I he's like a really good guitar player too. So I don't know. It's like an acoustic acoustic music, you know? That kind of thing. Just absolute banger. Let's see. I'm not sure what my favorite song was. It opens with Mine is a Prison, which that's fantastic. Uh, Demons is probably my favorite. And then he's got like Alamo, 
match in the rain they're all good this it, the whole album's great but the, the album's only 27 minutes long so short and sweet and spicy and neat so we got that one check out that and then i guess i'll just get to some of the rippers we got newfound glory forever and ever times infinity which for a band that's been around since i think 1999 was their first release yeah they've been around a while they're still kicking it and they are kicking ass like you would not believe this is probably the best album and in, in like the last five albums it's probably the standout which is crazy for being around that long and this is now this is a, the complete opposite this is a long album this one's like i want to say like 16 songs or something let me see this one came out to 48 minutes and it's 15 songs opens with shook by her shaved head which has kind of like the hardcore influence um their one guitarist chad gilbert he like grew up in the hardcore scene so he's kind of why they got the the cool breakdowns and stuff and the awesome riffs but then you know it's pop punk it's a little emo it's, it's a little bit of everything that's why newfound glory really stands out because they have a little bit of everything for everyone um in terms of favorite songs on there greatest of all time absolutely rips um like i never existed that's my favorite song off the record oh you actually you've listened to this one mm-hmm. oh it's so good uh scarier than J- jason Voorhees at a campfire which also that one's good. that one had a really cool video to it i don't think i've ever seen any i don't think i've seen any of their music videos to be honest actually the guy remember we were talking about nukem high yeah the guy that directed that and troma his company literally were a part of their video head-on collision from way back when so if you go back and watch that video you'll see the director in there and he's like directing a scene like literally in the video oh that's awesome um but yeah no they've had tons of good videos but just you know i don't even know how many albums they're on now but i feel like they're at like 10 now aren't right let's see not sure i'd have to look it up one two three yeah i think they've reached 10 it's wild. And then they have like three albums that are all covers, cover albums. Hmm. And they just released a Christmas song called December's Here, and that's been doing really well. I didn't really listen to that too much. but And they were actually the first one I, I saw a live stream for this year. I don't know if you watched that, but their live stream was really good. No, I didn't watch it. They were probably the best one I saw too. Way better than the Eat Said one. Just better overall sound quality, I guess. I don't know. It was more of like a set, you know, it wasn't like they didn't like go out and do some comedy bit. They just did a full on set and it was really long. Yeah. Just they did really well. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like, I know we talked about this before, but like when it comes to every time I dies, um, Tidathon and stuff like that, it just, it doesn't feel like a show. It doesn't feel like a replacement for a show. Yeah. When... I mean, ha- more, probably more than half of it was bits, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, it just, I don't know. It, it doesn't come across as... Personally, I, I don't think they even needed to charge people for that. I think they should have just made the bits and posted the bits on, like, social media for everyone to see. To promote the show. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe that, maybe that. And then, yeah, maybe still charge the price for, like, a live stream, but just do a straight-up yeah. live stream. Just do a set. Go on a stage and do a set. Yeah. I only watched a couple. I watched Newfound Glory. I watched the Etid one, and then I watched Terror, which Terrors was fantastic too. But that, that was another one. It was just a set. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I think they just went too above and beyond with it and they didn't realize that the final product wasn't going to be, I don't know what they were expecting, I guess, but I don't know. A lot of people still really liked it and are defending it, but I think the majority that I've read were kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. But I, I mean, think... who gives a shit, you know, that's yeah. just, that gets me even more excited <laughs> to see them again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was, it was cool for what it was, but yeah, absolutely. When they're back here, I'm going to be, I'm going to go on the road with them. <laughs> I'm going to be following the tour bus. I'm going to go to like every date that's in California. I'm going to come see you too. Are we back to Ed? Or no, wait, no, it's my turn. I think Never you mind. got, yeah, you got one more. Um, so I'll just do my two really quick. Uh, Fever three three three. If nobody listens to, do oh, you, do you the, listen to them? the dude from Let Live? Yeah, it's very, uh, very very good album. Uh, Wrong Generation. Um, their their title track off of that Wrong Generation is also very good. They sample a. Uh, like an air raid siren that kind of goes off in the background. And it's just like the, I don't know, the production on that song is like next level. It just, yeah, it goes so many, it, it goes so many different places than what, than where you think they would take it. Mm-hmm. Um, the record as a whole is pretty good. It's very PC as far as the things that, as far as the lyrics in it, um, you can tell that it kind of falls behind a political narrative as a lot of rock music does. Um, mm-hmm. But if, I mean, if you're one of those people who likes uh, political albums, like for instance, I really like a lot of political albums, like when Green Day did their concept albums and things like that. Um, I mean, who doesn't like American Idiot? And that's one of like the greatest uh, political statements of all time, as far as music uh, goes. I still have I still have the American Idiot poster framed on my wall. It's the only poster I have framed on my wall in my bedroom. I, it's huge. It, it's just you know, especially for that album that came out in a, what oh three, oh four I think. I thought it was oh, five. Four. I just remember it was a very oh, significant. It was a very significant album of that year. I just remember seeing everybody was wearing the shirts of it. You know, even like Boulevard of Broken Dreams and Holiday, they were being played on the radio constantly. And it I was mean, years constantly. after, dude. Like yeah. like 2004 to th- 2010. I mean, American Idiot stuff was everywhere. You're right. You're right. The tour. The tour was yeah. 2005. I think. I think it was the next summer that they had the huge tour, right? Yeah. Because I went to the tour. The Bullet in the Bible one. Oh, was that what it was? The bullet in the Bible was the one where they like broke records. They had like 3 million people come to three shows or something like that. Whichever one, well, whichever tour, I thought it was the American, or it was definitely the American people. Idiot tour though. The one Which that one? I saw, I definitely saw the American Idiot tour at HSBC arena. And I, I thought that was 2005. It could have been maybe bullet in the Bible was 2006. That could That's have been crazy. I remember um, I, right before the show, I choked on an ice cube. <laughs> i went to a restaurant is that is that code for something kellen <laughs> what, what do you mean i don't know is that like drug slang or something i before the no, show I, I choked on an ice cube it i was, was awesome like eight years old but yeah i know i i just remember going to a restaurant before and i it was one of those moments where you think you're just gonna die and then you know and lo and behold it's an ice cube it's gonna melt and once it melts you're fine <laughs> but i was choking so bad i like i like got under the table i was freaking out was like, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and then i go to told see me the best that. show and actually you know what jimmy eat world opened that show i still remember that dude i haven't listened to jimmy eat world in forever they're so I good did, i discovered jimmy eat world on tony hawks underground too oh yeah dude <laughs> hell yeah classic the oh best soundtrack God. of all time or the best video game soundtrack of all time. oh dude like uh, all the tony hawk games uh, had tony some hawk. great fucking 
vans. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Come on. That's the best one. Yes. CKY Motorhead. CKY, <laughs> even, you, can even, you can even play as you can even play as Darth fucking Maul. I mean, Dude, it was amazing. Does any does okay? Maybe, maybe you guys know, maybe you don't. I won't be upset if you don't, but SSX, the snowboarding game. Oh, yeah, I got I had that. Had yes. a fire yes. soundtrack. A GameCube? fire soundtrack, dude. The GameCube one, right? Yeah, yeah. The, they had SSX, and then I think they released SSX Tricky, and both were amazing. Both had amazing soundtracks, amazing game design. Here's one for you. Did you uh, play 1080? I don't think so. No, the one on Nintendo oh, te- wait, 64. Wait, Nintendo 64. I remember that. Yeah, oh my god, dude. Oh my god, dude. Good shit. You know what? The arrows of N64 and GameCube. Like you can never, you, we can never relive that again. It was I got it. I got it right in front of fucking me. Fucking great era. I got the Nintendo yeah. right in front of me. I mean, like, but yeah, like going back to like the soundtracks and all that with like you know Jimmy World and all. Ironically enough, going to also this is in my mind a friend of. A friend of our of mine and Kellen's directed a music video for Jimmy Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Really? No, he didn't direct yeah. it. He didn't direct it. He didn't it. direct they, it? They did like additional camera work or something, but it's for the song oh, gotcha. five five five. Go check that oh, okay. out after we're done with this. It's really actually a really cool video. They have like these I think it was the band, but they were dressed up in like these crazy costumes and the singer has the craziest costume. And yeah, I don't know. It's a very cool video. Good That's awesome. Too. And then uh well, I'll just real quick throw out my other one so we can get back to Ed. Uh, this one just got released, but Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen. Oh, excellent that? album. Huh? It's good. Very good. Very good. Um, it's kind of the way that I saw that album is Kid Cudi. Um, make a comeback. Kind of showing the new generation that like he can take elements of their sound and still make it work for him because it still sounds very obviously like Kid Cudi still yeah. has the amazing vocals and the production and uh, it's all there, but he does incorporate a little more of a trap kind of sound. And I, I really like the way that he did it because it's, it sounds like um, he's adopting this newer sound without completely selling out and just being like, Oh, I'm going to do this because it, you know, this is what all the kids are doing. It's still unique enough to where it sounds like him, yeah. but it is new for him. Cool. I'll check that out. I like Kid Cudi way back when. So my fifth and final album, Carnivore by Body Count. Oh, man. So so, and for those who don't know of Body Count, rapper Ice-T formed a heavy metal band in the early 90s. And you know what? I I am really happy. It's it's funny how I discovered this band, too. And I discovered it about nine, ten years back. You all I was already in the music, but then I discovered I kept I always discovered music, either if it was through music or no, not me, either if it was through video games like Tony Hawk or through movies. I'd always look up the song after hearing it. And I discovered the uh, body count from the movie Universal Soldier. Cause like they were the ones pro- that like every, you know, like back in the nineties, the two thousands and the eighties, they always had like a band that would do a music video to promote the movie. Yeah. And so body count promoted universal soldier, which starred Lundgren and uh, Van Damme. And I just remember hearing the song body counts in the house. And I was just like, Holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> so hearing the new body count album, they cover Ace of Spades by Motorhead. And I actually think really, you know what? wasn't too bad actually you know it wasn't too bad and what they and like they have they've had like a new guitarist for the past six years 
like a like they've had the same guitars, and obviously Ice T has been a long time member of the band since he's the founder. But the guitarist uh, Juan Garcia, he he did like he was in the band. Like if you're a huge a diehard metal fan like myself, you'll know the bands like Agent Steel and Evil Dead. Evil Dead was more like a kind of like a. I think Evil Dead was more like Death Rash kind of like yeah yeah something like Death Metal like Death Rash and Agent Steel was no 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 Thrash Metal, and then Agent Steel was more kind of like like speed metal like which is like a like a softer version of thrash metal but you know i was glad to see that juan garcia came into the band and you know him being like a long time you know veteran of uh of the music of like the metal scene as well and uh but anyways getting to the point like you know like they did you know like they did an amazing uh motorhead cover on it and, and even the, of course the title track carnivore i like it and uh, based on what uh Ice T said, "From what I, from based on my research, I think he kind of, you know, jokingly said, fuck vegans' or something like that.' <laughs> and, and like, and you know, this is the thing. I anybody who's not familiar with Ice T, he's very blunt with his words. He doesn't hold back. And you know, I I respect that. I really do. And but you know, but I think like like a I, I wrote it down somewhere like with what he said, quote unquote. He said it's basically fuck vegans." We figure anything carnivorous pretty much kicks ass. We're not, we're carnivorous. I'm not really saying fuck vegans. Everyone's so pussy right now. So we're carnivores. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, he, he's kind of, he's kind of, he's kind of not wrong. He's not yeah. wrong, really. Well, I think but, in know, society, we need contrarianism. You know, we need people who will, you know, tell us when we're going a little too far with something, you know? Exactly. And, you know, and like he's definitely one of those people and like because i and even like uh you know even like another song other songs uh that i liked on the album were like bum rush and uh when i'm when i'm gone and when i'm gone had uh what's her name uh uh amy lee from the, the band evanescence Ooh, i love that Beyonce. apparently like and i was i was so surprised he got her on a song like, I mean, it was just mind blowing, you know, because like they're two complete like, yeah, they're both a part of like the rock heavy metal genre, but they're two like very separate fan bases in a way. Like, whereas Evanescence is like, what would you say? Like, not not goth or like uh, or emo. They're pretty, but, they're like, pretty that, emo. They're pretty emo. Like, uh, I, I don't know. They're like, whereas, they're like they're like rock. Whereas to body count is more like groove metal hardcore punk rap metal thrash metal you know so it was that was another surprise you know that's the one thing i'm noticing about a, a lot of album releases the past few years is they're just having these very surprising collaborations with other musicians i mean i get it you know people are some people are sick of the same shit over and over again so like they want to create something that's a bit different so they have like these very shocking and you know mind-blowing collaboration so i mean i i'm not i'm not i'm not like uh i'm not surprised but you know at the same time i was pretty mind-blown hell yeah awesome yeah. i like it i like it a lot i think it's my turn your turn Kellen. is that where we're going with all right um that's weird i'm looking at a weird list right now um i forgot completely but uh the new Neck Deep album is fantastic too. So good. Uh, oh, you like it? All distortions are intentional. Um, 
not not to have a spoiler, but we might be having a neck deep guest on here in a few weeks. Not gonna say who, but look forward to that. Um, I don't know if I had a favorite song on that. Uh, did you? Did you have any particular? Uh, let me. I'm looking at. I got. I got to look back at the up. track list. This is one that came um, out a while ago too. This came out in July. Um, let me say though, like really quick while while we're looking for the song though. Uh, I saw Neck Deep, I think it was, at the 2015, maybe, 2016 Warp Tour. And, dude, it blew me away. Like, ever since oh, then, yeah, I've so been good. a hardcore fan. They're so good. Um, I think I, I really liked the opening, Sonderland. I thought that was sick. Um, he certainly goes crazy with the high octaves in his voice, though. Yeah, I mean, Sonderland was good. Yeah. I liked uh, When You Know a lot, too. When you know is really good and sick joke. Sick joke was fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a different sound. So if we're on the, the topic of bands changing their sound, they really have changed in every single album. Every album had its own kind of feel. Big time. Big time. Um I just I don't know. I'm still kind of weird. I love wishful thinking. That's the one that got me into them. So I'd probably have to put that as my top favorite. Um Life's not out to get you is fantastic too, though. And Peace in the Panic was good. So I don't know, they're pretty solid band overall. So there's that one. And are we? What's your number? So wait, 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 wait. You said you were gonna save the. You were gonna give us a number one. I I am I am. So I got that was kind of an add-in because I forgot about it. Um, and I guess I'll give an honor honorable mention to. The Stand Atlantic record, that was good. And then the Movement's new record, I heard some of that. That was pretty good. But here's the last two. We got Knuckle Puck with 2020. Love this band. Chicago pop punk band. Very good, very good. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's just a fantastic record. So just go check it out. I got nothing else to say. That's and, it? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Do you have a favorite song off of it? off of that one yeah i mean a favorite couple songs i like earthquake a lot rsvp is really good breathe is really good with Derek sanders from matey parade um what took you so long into the blue i mean the opener is good 2020 i mean the whole thing is really good they had a bunch of singles before they even released this and then they kind of just released it as a full album that was cool so 11 bangers 11 good songs nice but um if we're gonna talk about the only album that really cares this year we'll just go with it right now and it's actually not an album it's an ep and it's okay and it's no pressure by no pressure and i don't even know if you know who that is but it's the singer of the story so far it's the guitarist of light years and it's the drummer of i've totally forgot (laughs) <laughs> and, it's the, and it's the three of them absolutely murdering it on this pop punk EP called. So no this Pressure. is a side project that they put together. Yeah. And it was like a super last minute thing, I think. And just kind of dropped it out of nowhere. I don't even so remember like a, if they released. So like a single. side project super group is what it is really pretty much. Um, I mean, but stories- I feel like those get started all the time in music and they don't necessarily go anywhere just because, Oh yeah. You know, it varies, you know, super groups are always going to be a hit or miss, you know. I mean, if you're a fan of pop punk and you don't know about that this year, then 
you don't know much about anything because that that's probably going to be on many people's lists as like the top one of the best ones of the year um it's just five songs and every single song just hits hard nine minutes nine minutes of greatness so um favorite song on that's definitely deal which would probably be my favorite song of the year too so deal by no pressure go check it out right now it's absolutely amazing and so you say is probably my close number two i actually i ordered this one on vinyl they just like how they dropped the ep out of nowhere they dropped yeah. the, they dropped the vinyl out of nowhere i was waiting and waiting and waiting i'm like when the hell are they going to release it on vinyl and then they make an announcement and they're like oh we're releasing it but we're releasing it on cassette and i was just like like what so i was all pissed off and then one day like two weeks ago i was sitting at chipotle eating my little chicken bowl because <laughs> i was eating chipotle like every single day for like two months don't ask me why um and you hated it before and then you got into it. i just whatever <laughs> anyways no, no no i'm not judging i'm not judging anyways i'm just sitting there eating my chicken bowl and i see this no pressure ep came out on vinyl out of nowhere they just dropped the link they're like okay here's 400 copies once they're gone they're gone <laughs> and i immediately um got one but i think i think it was 200 black 100 green and 100 purple and i think i got the purple one so uh we'll see so it was like limited edition practically right i mean yeah just in general like you can't get it again pretty much i don't think they're gonna press it again i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they do just because of how well it's doing but i mean this isn't even a band i don't think will even play a show i mean i hope to god they will but yeah i don't know they're not they're certainly not gonna tour i mean it's five songs you know yeah Unless, unless I guess if they open for the story so far or something, maybe, and he just played both sets. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, did the damned things ever tour? I don't think they did. Did they? I don't, I Cause like... I feel like they just released the record in and of itself. Didn't they though? I thought they played some, sh- they definitely played shows, but yeah, I don't know if they did like a full like us tour, but they, they might've, a... they might've, were, the huh? were they ever on warp tour? No, definitely not. No, because every time I die, I played Warp Tour every two years. That yeah, was like that thing. That's why I like like every time I die was so active during that time when that record came out. I don't know how they could have like really done a tour. You know, well, also we- also that's like a super group that's got like the dude from Anthrax. It's got people Scotty and Fall Out Boy. Yeah, I mean that's, that's well, a yeah, hard band to tour with. Didn't the damn things? Uh, didn't they uh, play at the Whiskey of Go Go one time? I think so. Yeah, I think we were. Yeah, we I were think they did. Yeah, you. Yeah, you told me about that. I wanted to go and, to that. But yeah, it's that's a thing. Like, you know, a super group band being like that, it would probably be very difficult to organize a tour since their main their main projects are big selling bands that are always on the road. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, would be cool to see. Would be cool to see. I'm sure people would go ape shit if they did a tour. Oh yeah. Big time. All people right, Donovan. What's what's your uh number? All right. One? So uh my Two and one. I mean, it's not, again, it's not really in any order, even my number one, but uh, I really liked Ghost Mane's Annie Icon. Have either of you listened to Ghost Mane at all? Not the new one. Okay. So uh, his new album is very, very experimental. Very, like, if you want to talk about an artist that's very hard to introduce people to, Ghost Mane, number one. Very hard to introduce people to because he is so, so broad with his sound. I mean, he goes from rap to uh rock to pop to you know metal to 
deathcore to he does it all really and dude, this most recent album is ridiculous because all of every single song in the album transitions with the sickest breakdown i have ever heard in my life he just has these like combusting guitars and the sickest drum beats and mixed yeah. with this fire production it's like it's just crazy and it's one of those things where if you saw that it was classified as a rap album or as anything else, you'd be like, Oh, this, you know, I'm not going to listen to it. It's a rap album. And then you'd listen to it and see that it's just, it, yeah, it's has such a broad span of musical styles influencing it. Nice. That, that was your all time favorite of the year though. Right. That's, that's not my favorite for the year. I, I just think that's a standout. That's I a think stand that's out. a standout. Okay. And then um, my number one pick, somebody that I think a lot of people should pay more attention to is rumor but it's spelled RMR and he says he doesn't care if people call him RMR, but he does prefer to be called rumor. rumor. Um, this guy is uh, young and extremely talented. So the way that he looks, he looks very different than he sounds and that's intentional. He's meant to be an indictment of, you know, he's meant to bring attention to the rap industry and what the rap industry has become because he wears a ski mask. I was about to say he, he wears the ski mask. Yeah. He wears the ski mask, the gold teeth, but he sounds like an angel. He only sings. He only sings and he sounds like an really? angel. His voice is beautiful. His voice is angelic. And it's like, and he, the reason he presents himself like a traditional rap artist is because that's, he, he tries to show, this is what people care about. People care about an image. They don't care about a sound. And he did, he did a song with the one other guy from Griselda that I couldn't name. Cause I forgot West side gun. Yes. He does have a side, a song with West side gun. Um, if there's one song that I think, uh, I mean, he went viral for uh, covering a Rascal Flat song. Um, really? Yeah, he actually, he changed the lyrics. So he basically made a trap anthem out of one of their songs. Oh and uh, that went, uh, I mean, crazy viral over the summer. But um, man, let's see here. One of his standouts from that album. Dealer. I really liked Welfare. I mean, that song with West Side Gun that you brought up, that was really good. Yeah um and dealer dealer is really good song too yeah. but um yeah it, it's it's just he's one of those artists that i think is really important because it shows that uh the way somebody looks doesn't necessarily have to correlate with how they sound and that the connections people make between how somebody looks and the type of musician that they think that that person should be really is kind of stupid and absolutely you know, it's much more about the quality of the music. It's about what that person is saying because he's brilliant and he sounds amazing. So Mm -hmm. if you just look at a ski mask and you're like, Oh, well, this guy doesn't look like what I would listen to then. Hey, you played yourself. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'll even listen to like an album that looks shitty and sometimes I'll like it. Sometimes I won't, but sometimes I will. Ultimately you got to listen to stuff to know, you know, you got to know. And speaking of that, did you give any chance to that new Taylor Swift? so i listened to one of the singles off of it the one that was featured on new music friday uh yeah. i wasn't a huge fan um no. okay i'm not a huge taylor swift fan to begin with to be yeah, honest i'm not either um but yeah i mean i i don't really want to see anything because i haven't listened to the whole album yeah uh, the one single that i heard was okay i liked a couple songs off the last one so that's why i was asking because i mean this this was this came out only like a year after the last one she keeps dropping them like out of nowhere this was a yeah. surprise album too. Folklore was a surprise. From what I had heard, the critical reception wasn't great uh, surrounding this newest album. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, oh. is what I had heard. But uh, but then again, like, you know, you can't 
just go by what the critics say because then you might miss something that you really enjoy. It's just like movies, you know, music exactly. and movies are very similar. It's an artistic medium and it's subjective. So yeah. just because you, you know, you don't think that you're going to like something doesn't mean that you shouldn't give it a try. It's sort of funny, but I kind of liked her when she did like her country shit in the beginning. No, she, uh, when Taylor, like, that's the weird thing is I actually used to watch, uh, American Idol all the time. Yeah. With, especially with my family. That was me and my family's thing. We watch American Idol and Taylor Swift to me is still like a country artist. Like when I think Taylor Swift, I think country artist. I don't think pop star. So and was she on American Idol? I don't remember that. She, uh, I think oh. she was at one point. Um, I don't remember that. yeah. Um, I need to look that up because she had some sort of connection to that show. Remember the song, Our Song? Like, our song is a slam screen door. <laughs> Shit's hilarious. <laughs> Dead silence. I will entertain die listeners. Uh, oh, that's why. She, uh, she auditioned at American Idol uh, when she was 11. Oh, okay. And then they were like, you suck. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I'm not sure. Who's playing? Are you playing playing Taylor Swift? I hear it. No, I'm not paying. I'm not playing any music or anything. Oh shoot! I played it on my phone. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> what the heck? God. That's old. I didn't realize that album's from 2006. Her debut. She's been going hard for like 15 years now. Oh no, that's why she, uh, so at the age of 11, she took a trip to Nashville and tried to get her CD to, uh, record companies. And then when she failed, she began, uh, she began to take private vocal lessons. When she was 14, she and her family moved full-time to Nashville and she got a job as a songwriter for Sony records. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, she's been steeped in the music industry pretty much since she was a kid. Wow. I don't know. I it's hard not to give her credit. Again, it like every music is subjective to some degree. Music is subjective for everyone because it's an artistic medium. And wait a second, I'm screwing this up though. Wait a second. Yeah, folklore is the one we're talking about right now, but we're not even acknowledging the fact that she dropped a second one this year. She dropped two. Like wait, couple, she did. She dropped a second one called Evermore. Yeah, which I knew that, but I completely forgot. It's the one where she's got like her ponytail in the back or whatever. Oh, yeah, you're right. So Evermore dropped on December 11th. So that was like literally two weeks ago. And then Folklore was like. A yeah, because I, I was going to say it was relatively recently that I heard. Uh, I forget. I don't even know which song it was. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they were three months apart because Folklore came out in like August. It might have been the title track. I don't know. It was one of the singles that she released crazy oh and she and she released christmas tree farm some christmas song nice well i might give those a listen just to check it out she's she's definitely had good songs you know yeah she's uh i mean that's the thing is like a lot of times with musicians i won't necessarily like the subject matter that they talk about exactly yeah and that's kind of where I'm at with Taylor Swift is I, I admire her as a musician and as a vocalist. I think that she's really talented, but I don't necessarily like, you don't like, you don't like her bubblegum songwriting. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's just, 
And that, that's not me saying like, oh, it sucks. Like Taylor Swift can't make music. Like, yeah. I understand she's, there is an audience for that. And I'm just not that audience, you know? Yeah. So. Oh my God. Remember when uh, Kanye, Kanye West took the award from her or Classic. he took, he took the spotlight from her for a second. He was like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. You remember that one? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't remember that. From the, from the, from the FEMA, uh, the fundraiser that they did back in like 2004 when, uh, the hurricane hit when Kanye West was on live TV and he, he, and he said just that. Like, yeah, dude, they were just like, it was him. Wow. And it was, I, it was him and somebody else. I think I want to, I want to say it was, uh, oh, oh, uh, who's the, who's the dude? Austin powers who plays Austin. Oh, what's his Mike name? Myers. Mike Myers, Mike Myers, Mike Myers and Kanye West were on live TV and you know, they're talking about uh, the hurricane that had hit and like all these people that had affected and out of nowhere, like literally there was no lead in whatsoever. And Kanye West just stands there and goes, George Bush doesn't care about black people. <laughs> and it, and Mike what? Myers was just stunned. He was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> my you should God. watch the clip We're... after that. It's hilarious. I'm watching <laughs> it's it's it. really good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, that's so funny. You bring that up. Uh that was one of my favorite highlights of this year was when he had his like little speech, which I don't even remember. What was that even about? Or he's like presidential which one? campaign. I think it was when he had like the rally. He, yeah. He did run a presidential campaign. Yeah. But he had like a rally, right. Where like a bunch of people went. You're he talking about where he just ranted for like 20 minutes in front yes. of a bunch of people. Yes. Yeah. You remember watching it and that one girl was in the audience and, and he was like, uh, what did he, I don't remember what he said. He said something really bizarre and the girl was just like, the girl was like, all right, we're leaving. <laughs> just the way she says it in the video is like the most perfect, like time just perfectly. Um, well, I, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel about this because people say all the time um, that if you're a musician or, you know, you're an actor, you're somebody who has this, um, this effect on society and has this notoriety that somehow you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to use that public uh, perception to have any sort of significant social or political belief or religious belief. You shouldn't use that to tout your beliefs. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, one of the biggest things that we've had recently, uh, and that's specifically with a, a sports star, but... Um, uh what's his name who took a who took a knee uh oh before the nfl colin games kaepernick calling yeah colin kaepernick i mean uh, he's like one of those people where I like that guy people <clears throat> well i mean you may not like him but a lot of people admire him so i mean the, yeah, and that's I just, the problem is there's yeah there's people on one side saying, oh, you make millions of dollars playing football. We don't want to hear about your political beliefs or, you know, about what you care about. And then there's people saying, well, he has that for a reason. And if he has that, that notoriety, he's gained that attention, then he deserves to be able to use it in whichever way he chooses. So, yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Not just in sports, obviously. I just chose that because it's a very uh, well-known example. Well, but. me, I... Well, me, I'm not really much of a political person, but the thing is, I don't believe that I don't believe that anyone should take the whole entire nation, let alone the world by hostage on public television just to like, like, I get it. You know, he did it for a movement. He did it for a cause. I get it. But, you know, some people don't tune into sports games to hear about politics. They, they tune into 
get away from it. So I don't believe in, I don't believe in like taking uh, the whole entire nation, let alone the world hostage to like do that. He's, he's done a lot of stupid shit after that too, though. That's why I don't like him. It's just like been constant with him. Like, yeah, you know, but I mean, that, that was the start, I'm not, but. yeah, I don't want to make it about Colin Kaepernick or anything, but like in general, like, yeah. do you think that it's wrong for like a musician to no. uh, come out and for instance, maybe say, Hey, Ob- Obamacare is our way forward. Like we should accept socialized medicine, you know? No, I mean, like, no, everybody I mean, everybody, everybody's everybody, got their opinion, but you should never, you yeah. should never like divide your fans and be like, okay, well, if you don't believe in this, then you're not a fan of my band anymore. But that's the problem is as a musician or as an artist, you're always going to divide people no matter what it is. Oh well, yeah. Even, of if, course. even you know, if it's your art, you might divide. You know, people. Yeah. James but. had James Hetfield of Metallica said it in, like in, in a really perfect way. He says, I have my political beliefs, but I don't, speak about them to the public because i'm afraid of polarizing my fans well he's mm-hmm. i wouldn't say he's afraid of polarizing his fans it's he says i don't want to polarize my fans because i appreciate what i've achieved over the years and i don't want to you know ruin that and i totally respect that hence the reason like, i mean like me personally i've never really been involved in the whole political field to begin with but like the thing is but i i've worked with i worked and i'm friends with and i'm friends with and like you know I work with people with lots of different, uh, you know, political beliefs and all that. So, but me personally, like if some, I, I, the one thing I will never agree with is someone who says, Oh, if you don't agree with my opinions, don't ever support me anymore. Like, fuck you. Like, don't ever talk to me again. I don't, I would never go to that extreme, nor will I ever agree with that kind of extreme. Cause you know, if you have a following and you say, Oh, all my fans who don't support me, my opinions or don't, have the share the same beliefs with me like you know you are not my friend and you are not my fan you know get the hell out of my life i i can't i can't get behind that you know because like it's like you can't force everybody to it you can't force everybody to you know share the same opinion with you just like music you know you can't force someone to like a band they have to like it everybody's gotta everybody everybody's different that's that's just the general way of saying it but yeah Agreed. Yeah. Cool. I just I do hate the whole cancel culture shit though. I'll cancel culture, yeah. And like you know, and you speak of cancel culture, you know, you had uh, one of the actresses from uh, the the Mandalorian TV show. She went on to Twitter to express her opinions about it, but then like you have people saying, "Oh, get her fired," you know, "get her canceled," and all that. And I'm like, "What the hell is this?" You know, like what? Nobody can have an op- a goddamn opinion anymore. I mean, yeah. Not everybody's going to agree with it, but you know what? It's like, I don't know, like, like kind of like what Callan said, you know, cancel culture is such bullshit. You know, like, do you, like there was a time, you know, 10, 15 years back, nobody gave a shit who you, who you voted for. Nobody gave a shit what you believed in. And now these days, everybody expects to do what they expect them to do. And I hate that. That's I really why do. I love that. I love that Steven Crowder guy. Cause he sits at that table and he's like, changing my mind. <laughs> and he just yeah. sits there but he sits there with facts and he's really intelligent so anybody that goes up there thinks they can one-up him they can't because most of them don't even know what they believe in so he always he always flips it on them and it's amazing yeah and you know it's like can't like that's the thing like cancel culture is just it's become too out of control like same thing like with actors like tim allen yeah i mean yeah he's a conservative but you know 
he's a great actor and you know you can't deny the fact that he's contributed a lot to film and television yeah and you know what about ron jeremy though how do you guys feel about that situation uh that's pretty obvious that he probably is yeah kind of a scumbag well you know the adult industry is one of the most fucked up industries as you know like i mean there's a lot it's i mean i mean like that's a thing you know it's not surprising really and you know i think it was probably if anything it was probably a long time coming i mean i mean like based on like like and like and based on like uh people that i know that you know people that are females actually have told me that that have like like so like he used to hang around the rainbow barn grill a lot and i had a lot of friends that would go there and you know anytime ron jeremy came up in a topic i like I automatically knew it was probably not going to be something good. And they said that he would just like, you know, try to make a move on them. He'd try to flirt with them. And and a couple of times I heard he did put his hands where they didn't belong. So it's not surprising. And, you know, thing. I think the problem is he thinks, you know, he's like one of the main names of the adult industry that he it's like it's one of those things. What's the there's a word for it, I believe, like where you feel that you're on top of the world, that you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a word for it, but yeah. Well, I mean, where specifically with people like Ron Jeremy, like he's in an industry that I mean, the whole world has changed immensely in the time that he's been in that industry, but particularly now, um, I feel like there's so many there's so many realizations that we're having socially around like um just sex and autonomy and, you know, permission and things like that, yeah. that I think he missed out on, like he missed out on that entire evolution, you know, um, because he was in that, well, you know, and the thing is, uh, well, yeah. And the huge part of it was, you know, the whole me too movement too, three years mm-hmm. ago. And that played a huge part in like, you know, people coming forward and all that. And, you know, I mean, yeah, in some cases it was a good, like, to some extent, it was a good movement, you know, to get victims to come forward. But I think some people took it too much to use it as a weapon, if that makes sense. I think that it can be used and, as a weapon, but I also think that that those cases are probably in the vast minority compared to absolutely, absolutely, people, you know? yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, speaking of which, you know, the one man who you know kind of started it all, Harvey, no other than Harvey Weinstein, Harvey, like a. <laughs> it's 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 funny kellen and i went to about a year and a half ago went to go see a screening of his first movie he ever produced the burning i'm going yeah. into another topic but this is just too funny to talk about we went to fangoria fest in 2019 and i remember the second harvey weinstein's name came up onto the projector in the beginning credits everybody booed the screen <laughs> it was the funniest it was the funniest thing ever harvey's our hometown hero <laughs> anyways speaking of movies let's <clears throat> jump into our favorite movies of the year uh and just you know obviously obviously all the good ones are coming out now so we're not going to have our real favorite list we're going to save that for a few months from now right before award season so let's just talk about ones that we liked we don't even have to take that long with this. Just kind of, you know, we'll do one at a time or something. And then just Works go each, each, each person just go quickly. So uh, I'll just start with The Lodge because that movie is amazing. And I, I actually saw it in 2019. I saw it September 2019 at the Egyptian Theater for Beyond Fest, 
which I was so bummed that that couldn't happen again this year because they always premiere the best movies there. And this one came out theatrically, I want to say, in February. February. Yeah, it was and then February. DVD, Blu-ray, like April. Um, I feel like I saw this probably four times in theaters because it's just it's that good. It's basically just one of those. I don't. I don't even want to get into this one too much. It's basically a girl that's like mentally ill, and she basically was a part of a cult suicide when she was a kid and survived it. And basically, then she dates this guy and the guy has two kids um and they kind of find out about you know the, the suicide shit and they, they obviously think she's weird as hell and there's they're scared to be around her and basically the the dad goes on like some business trip and leaves them in a lodge for the weekend with her and as you can tell mayhem ensues so it's fun yeah that was also on my list so you know, I, I, I'll say my part on it. I think it, there's a good message. There's a, definitely a message behind it. You know, yeah. people like, the, like, a, you know, messing with people that have mental illness, you know, it's like, it's all fun and games until, you know, shit hits the fan really. And the thing is, you know, cause that's the thing, you know, people who have, they, you know, either they had a post traumatic, like they had a traumatic event happen in their life or like, they just have, you know, you know, like something kind of like what this post-traumatic yeah <laughs> yeah you know po anybody that like had like some kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder and all that you know the like the problem is like the kids in the film played with fire by you know instigating it, it, it it's like poking the bear you know what's going to happen when you keep poking the bear you know exactly and so like yeah so yeah like obviously the movie kind of ends we kind of know what happens like yeah, they kind of she went off the deep it. End. They they foreshadow it in the beginning, kind of. Um, but a lot of people in Buffalo didn't like this movie, and Why? I was kind of shocked. My friend Peter, who's the horror guy, didn't like it, and I was kind of like, uh, "You're wrong." <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't have to be. You know, this is the thing: a movie doesn't have to be completely scary. It doesn't have to be over yeah. the top funny. It doesn't have to be over a, the top a, action. It's not a total gore fest. This is a slow burn horror movie that builds. But I mean, if you're into it from the start, you'll be into it till the finish. And it's got the kid from it. Um, it's got Alicia Silverstone for a little bit. Then she kind of takes an exit. Um, let's see. I don't know. It's, it's just got the perfect winter winter vibes. You know, it's got they're, they're in like this blizzard, basically in the middle of nowhere with the, the lodge. So. They're pretty much stuck there. If you, if you like a movie that if you like a movie that sends a message and has a, a message behind it, it's a movie you'll enjoy. Yeah. Especially if you like fucked up horror movies about fucked up people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the lodge. Go check it out. Uh Donovan, what's a good one that you saw? I'm actually trying to look through right now because I don't <laughs> I didn't make I didn't write down my list, but oh, um, it's okay. Don't worry, buddy. I really yeah. liked uh, I'm gonna go with Onward because I really like. Uh, did you guys see that one on Disney Plus? I saw it in theaters, I think, in the beginning. Oh, I, really? Okay. I think I fell asleep. To be honest, uh, I know it's good, but I like. I just was super tired this day, and I know I fell asleep and like just left. Yeah, for me, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, for me, it's just one of those um, that's really kind of a callback to the time when animated movies were good. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. 
yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was really, the messages were, you know, cool. If you have kids, like you're going to think that it's really yeah. worthwhile to watch and, and it's that was family friendly. That was Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, it was good from what I saw. I just, yeah, I just kind of passed out for 10 minutes and I don't know if you've ever done that, but I have AMC a list, um, you know, when theaters are open so I can see like three movies a week. So yeah. sometimes I'll be super tired. I'll fall asleep for a few minutes and then I'll be like, shit, I just missed like <laughs> the most vital information. I can confirm movie. that. And then once I do that, I'm just like, all right, I'll just come back tomorrow. <laughs> I think there's been a couple of times Kellen and I, we would check out a movie at the theater and he'd be next to me and like his eyes would be closed. I have to like tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it depends on what's going on in my life at the time. So, well, you know, we, we all got our own lives. We work, you know, we're tired at the end of the day. So I get it. Yeah. But um, like, a yeah, what's one you liked? Your turn. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like, well, it wasn't like necessarily a movie I would watch more than once. Maybe here and there, if I really have nothing better to watch. But like, I liked. I checked it out because I read the comic books, even like from the early '90s, because I was a big fan of Valiant Comics at the time. Was uh, Bloodshot. And, you know, I was pretty I was pretty like interested to hear they finally had, you know, made the attempt to turn it into a movie after all these years. And, you know, I, you know, Vin Diesel being one of like, you know, well, he actually, I, well, he's been like a part of like the action genre for like 20 years now. But like, I think it was a good take on the comics. Like, is it a movie that I mean, like. It, if any, if they were to like spawn, you know, sequels to this movie, I unfortunately wouldn't see it making it to theaters i mean like i could maybe i'll be proven wrong you know like for straight to movie first you know first movies that could go straight to films i'd say it was it's a decent watch for one time it's got a good concept behind it you know well, it's got Blood, some good Blood action was, too bloodshot was in theaters for a little bit wasn't it for a little bit until the pandemic hit but unfortunately that's probably why it didn't you know get <clears throat> as much attention but i'll give it this you know it's got some good action and you know i like you know the whole Every time, like, you know, uh, Vin Diesel gets so like anybody who hasn't seen it, every time he gets shot or something like that, he like automatically reheals. Like if he gets shot in the face by a bullet, you'll see a part of his skull and then it'll just mm. automatically reheal. Like in some way, there's like a whole like they like add like how, you know, his tissue like regains connectivity in a way or something like that. Hmm. Kind of like typically one of those, you know, indestructible killing machine characters. Yeah. But, you know. It's really cool, though. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a I'd say watch at your own risk. You know, it's hit. It's probably hit or miss to most people, but I liked it. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be checking that one out eventually. I love them still in like the Fast and the Furious movies. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Um, Pacifier was cool. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that. Uh, what else do we got? What what other good Vin Diesel ones are there? Any? uh chronicles of riddick triple x <laughs> i don't know about those you never Saving saw private those? ryan oh is he oh yeah is he in that yeah he's in that i oh my dude it's been years i got that's probably the highest rated film that he's ever been in yeah well then again you know hey oh wait 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 wait, 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 shit, wait, wait 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 what who saw the iron giant me. Oh, you're talking about the animated <laughs> film? Huh, yeah. yeah. Who you know hasn't? Who play, you know who plays who the giant, right? Ben Diesel. Ben Diesel. Was that him? That's I had no Diesel. idea. 
I know he, he all he, he just makes like noises. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know he do, he he pretty much kind of did the same thing for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, all that's he says true. Is, yeah, I am Groot. In different tones with different vocal inflections. Again. You know, see that's what I'm saying. Any superhero movie that has the comedy aspects, you can almost guarantee I liked it. Like Kick Ass, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like oh my god, yeah. that's why I love the Spider Man ones because they're nerdy but they're funny. Or well, even Deadpool, they they got some pretty Deadpool, fucking funny I loved, moments. I love Deadpool, yeah, and Birds of Prey too. I mean, all of them. I liked them because they were funny. And then um, Captain Marvel too, the one with, am I saying that right? Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, the one about the girl. Oh, yes, yes, the one about the girl, yeah, Brie yeah, Larson. Yeah. Um, speaking of her, if you ever seen the movie Room that came out in like 2015, that's fantastic. So good. That's that's so good. It's a great um, movie. All right, I guess I'll go next. Let's go with Freaky because Freaky is fan fucking tastic, and it's from the same director that did Happy Death Day, which I thought sucked. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I just think it's a, a, a concept that was done too many times over. Freaky is, de- I mean, Freaky's kind of the same thing in a way because <laughs> it's almost like Freaky Friday. <clears throat> And it's like the same kind of idea where it's, you know, you got two people swapping bodies. Yeah. And the freaky Friday of horror. Yeah. That's, and I'm guessing that's why they called it that, but um, it's just called freaky. And it's basically Vin Diesel's character is a serial killer and he's killing all these people. And, you know, it, it opens pretty awesomely, actually. You know, he kills probably like three or four people at like some little get together at some house. And then he steals some knife. Like it's like an artifact. And the next day he kills a couple people, I think, at this high school, including one girl that he stabs in like her chest. And the moment he stabs into her chest, they swap bodies because of that knife has like the power. <laughs> and the whole movie, Vin Diesel's basically a chick, and <laughs> the chick is Vin Diesel. So <laughs> you can imagine how funny that is. You mean and- Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, I said sorry. Vince, <laughs> Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, which you know from Dodgeball, Swingers, everything. Um, Jurassic the, Park 2. The entire movie, okay. Vince Vaughn is Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they had a lot of tropes in that one too. Like they have like a gay character and they mess with him a lot in the film. But like, it was almost like a a nice, I don't know. I can't explain it. They, they just they make fun of a little, a little of everything in there and it, it was just very well done that's the thing you know what if a movie can make fun of a little bit of everything then you know it's that's good yeah it wasn't I mean, like that's you have I, to that's what i meant to say like they have like a gay character it's not like offensive how they make fun of him but like they do and i don't know it's just it's just very good writing i think the whole the whole film really worked and it did really well i think it got like 90 or something maybe maybe 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, but it was pretty high for a horror movie. And it was certified fresh, I believe. Damn. So definitely check that out. Um, you can rent it for like 20 bucks, but I'm sure you're not going to do that. Um, I know a really good bootleg website. So <laughs> if you want to check it out, it's literally like you literally open the thing and it's like a HD link. <laughs> but rent your movies. Definitely rent movies. I'm not, I'm not telling people to bootleg anything, but personally, I'm not paying 20 bucks to watch something once. You know, I'd rather just buy a Blu-ray. Anyways. So. Um, I'm going to throw out one more recommendation, and then I actually have to get going. I'm hearing the dogs going crazy downstairs. So oh, Okay. Um, one more. Uh, this was, I think, technically released 
in 2019, but it ran in theaters through uh, January of 2020. So I'm going to include it. Um, the Gentleman is really good. Oh, I want to see, see that. I did want to see that. I didn't see it though. Okay. It's a, so it's a Guy Ritchie film. Um, it has uh, some pretty big names in it. It's got like uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, yeah. Charlie Hunnam, uh, Henry Golding, uh, Michelle Dockery. Um, I mean, it's it's just one of those films where if you like Guy Ritchie's style of film and hopefully, you know, you guys have seen a Guy Ritchie film at some point and like that kind of uh, format of storytelling. Uh-huh. If, you en- if you've enjoyed any of his films in the past, you're really going to like this one. Um, it's like a, a crime noir type of uh, thing where Matthew McConaughey is uh, developing this like crazy um, weed empire in the UK. And mm. it's just it's really it's really awesome in the way that it's shot and the story is told is i think really interesting it got uh, some critical um kickback for some of the ways that the characters develop but i think that they that that was intentional and i'm okay with that yeah. personally as a viewer so so it was a good time it was a good time it's fun and it's one of those movies that um it's not going to win any awards it's not um it's not going to like change your perspective on life, but it's really, really good. And it's fun to watch. And honestly, like I haven't seen it since like mm. probably January or February of this year. And I would watch it again now. Like if somebody right now was like, Hey, let's watch that movie. I would watch it. Like if you were like, mm. Hey, I haven't seen that movie. Let's watch it mm-hmm. for sure. I'd be all about it. Also check out Matthew McConaughey's new book, green lights in stores now and Barnes and Noble and shit. Uh, I heard that's really good. I'm trying to get myself a copy actually. But uh, I guess that's it for Donovan. So we will be seeing him very soon. Uh, we have some episodes in well, in the can before he, before he goes. Because if we're going to continue here, we should at least ask him about his goals for 2021. Yeah, what so are your he can goals? at least throw it in. What are your goals? Some goals, yeah. So um, some goals. Keep yeah, you know, keep uh, <clears throat> keep going to school. That's a goal. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, but you know. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for 2021, I want to just keep uh, putting out as many episodes as possible. Um, try and uh, just try and get better at the craft, you know? Like, I really enjoy podcasting. I enjoy me too everything that it entails. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's like anything else. You just have to. And I, and I think that that is one of the things that I've developed with martial arts. It'll probably agree with me. Martial arts will teach you that, like, you can be good or at least you can become better at anything. It just requires time. And as soon as you realize that in life and it it might not be martial arts for some people, it might be other things, but as soon as that clicks in your head that, Hey, you can get better at anything in the world. As long as you work at it, as long as you're willing to put yourself towards that, then you can make headway. And that's kind of my goal for 2021 is to do that. But with podcasting, I also want to compete more. I want to get back into competition and uh, training more regularly, but I mean, that's something that that's been a goal for, you know, years and years and years. So I don't think, I don't consider that like a new goal. So. All right. Right on, man. Good idea. Absolutely. And uh, what about for you guys? Cause I want to hear what you guys got for 2021. Well, Um, go ahead. You go first. All right. Well, you know, kind of like the same thing with martial arts. I want to keep training more. I want to keep, you know, receiving my belts. I, uh, I'm working towards blue belt, brown stripe next and eventually get into, you know, so like my, my martial arts school is like you wear, they have four color geese. You have white, blue, red, and black team. 
goal is to eventually get to the wearing the black uniform and becoming a black belt. And then, you know, comp like, would I compete? You know, I mean, never say never, but you know what would be great one day, but you know, I mean, like I said, you know, I think that's one of those things, you know, I couldn't answer that until it actually happened. But yeah. like, and then also as for, you know, a mar I did a, I produced a, and I produced and starred in a, a potential pilot episode for a martial arts, you know, series. And oh, so awesome. I really hope, I'm really hoping, you know, we can either get picked up as a potential series or even like a full length feature. That's the main goal, like to, you know, try to take it somewhere. And if not, at least show it for footage and, you know, just to show that we have a product for something, me and the stunt, my uh, fight choreography and stunt team that I made this, I uh, did this with. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and my pretty much just to keep doing film projects, and you know, eventually, I mean, I've been working for on a on an album for way too goddamn long. <laughs> the goal is to finally get that out. I have a, a studio single with a couple of guest appearances on it that I think a lot of people will enjoy. I want to get that out, and then you know, yeah, just pretty much continue the whole acting, music, and martial arts thing, man. That's all I want to do, and just you know, keep progressing from it. Awesome. Kellen, you're up. I'm going to take over the goddamn world. That's what I'm going to do in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, uh, 2024. I want to start a band really bad. Uh, last time I was in a band was the very beginning of 2013. Uh, it was pretty much just the end of 2012 and for like a couple months there. That's about it. Um, I want to do that. I definitely want to keep auditioning and hopefully get some shit because it's been way too long. Um, I have two screenplays that I'm writing. One's a comedy, one's a horror. Uh, the comedy, I don't know. I feel like I, I would have to make the horror one first if I ever had the opportunity to make one because that would probably cost less to make good. You know what I mean? Because horror yeah. is like the best return on investment, like overall. So, yeah, my idea with that is either I was just thinking about this this whole last week. Cause I, I would like, I would like to pitch it, but like, if I was to pitch it, I would need something to show for it. So like I was thinking, and you guys could tell me what's a better idea, but getting like 10 grand or something together somehow, maybe from like fundraising or something, and maybe either shooting like the whole opening scene to this movie or shooting a short film based on the movie and finishing that you mean like a proof you mean like a proof of comp proof of concept yeah pretty much and then fishing that around to places and seeing if i can get investors involved well i mean my initial reaction and this is keep in mind coming from somebody who, who does knows practically nothing about the movie industry like you guys know way more than i do okay but just with the virality of short films especially recently I feel like all the time, especially on uh, Facebook, YouTube, like I, I see some new short film that people are ranting about. And uh, so I feel like that's a format that could potentially be advantageous to you if you're trying to pitch it to, uh, if you're trying to pitch it as a longer form project, you know? Yeah. But. No, I agree with that. Definitely. But yeah, so, that's about it for that. Um, Oh, anything else? Let's see. I'll show you her. I like traveling, so I would like to do a little bit more of that. I did a shitload of that this year. Um, 
dude the year 2021 i hope it's the year without covid i really want to like is. get out again and do oh yeah stuff. by summer i think we're going to be golden and i think by spring we're going to be doing a lot of our normal shit um we'll see i mean not if gavin newsom has anything to say about it he said we're going to be locked down until at least spring uh somebody's oh, gonna take him out wonderful anyway <laughs> um <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I don't know. What was I going to say? Something about something. So let's see. The movie thing, the band thing. Uh, I'm lost. Oh, wait. You, did, you said traveling. Oh, traveling's. Uh, yeah, I want to go to that Texas Frightmare convention in May. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that. Yeah, because that's just like, that's such a good place to network for one thing. And that's like one of the biggest conventions. Out of like horror conventions, that's probably like top two. Yeah. You got that and like Monster Mania is the other huge one. Um, so I don't know. I want to go to that. Justin Long's gonna be there. I love that guy. So some all right. Name. Well, gentlemen, I gotta dip out right now. Um, so I will see you all later. Sounds it is good. Alrighty, man. Had fun. All righty, be safe. See you, Donovan. Later, guys. Have a good night. You too. So I guess it's just us. It's just you and I. All right, so Hubie Halloween. Oh, yeah, that was a weird one. It was, uh, you know, different, a very different approach for Adam Sandler. It's just, you know, uh, it had its funny moments, but at the same, I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to combine like maybe a bit of the horror movie genre with a t- like, you know, Adam Sandler, kind of like blending the two together in a way. But I don't know. It's just I think maybe. I don't know. Something that just—it was good. It had its good moments, but there's just something about it that was not fulfilled. There's something missing to it. I did yeah. like the, the the Cameron Boyce tribute at the end, though. Yeah, but the movie itself was—it was decent. I liked the thermos aspect. Was probably the funniest <laughs> thing. Just the whole movie. He's got a thermos, and every once in a while, he'll open the thing, and it'll be like a friggin' weapon. <laughs> it'll it'll turn into like anything. It's almost like a gadget, like a. <laughs> it's just like a outrageous gadget. I, I had to give it that. That was the cool part too. Yeah, I don't know. His classic Sandler. You know, he had some good moments and then he had some really obnoxious moments. But overall, it's definitely a great movie for kids, especially oh, an Halloween movie for kids. I mean, I'm sure if I saw that when I was younger, I would have loved it. So, oh, absolutely. I don't and, know. You know, of course, Steve Buscemi always stealing the show. <laughs> yeah, Steve Buscemi, and then there were many good cameos in that. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of surprising ones. You know, Ray Liotta, who else? Oh, yeah, I mean, Ray Liotta was in that. He played and, uh, what? Yeah, what, what was his uh, name? We met him uh, at the uh, comedy club in uh, Rochester. Oh, yeah, Tim, Tim Meadows. Me- Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, yeah. Right. He was in it. He had, like, the, yeah, the I mean, beheaded costume, right? Like, the headless yeah. horseman or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, so it was cool to see some Saturday Night Live alumni in the in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, it sucks we don't got Farley. I feel like Farley would be in all these movies. Dude, you know, I watched Tommy Boy again a couple weeks ago, and, you know, it's just, it still just baffles me. You know, I Even, like, 23 years later, I remember just seeing it plastered all over the TV, Chris Farley, that, you know, it's it's yeah. still one of those things. It's it's not that it's hard to accept. It's just you really do wonder what would, his, what would his career have been like had he had not gone out so soon. I mean, he was scheduled to do Shrek, you know, who knows? He could have done potential Tommy Boy sequels. 
I really love Beverly Hills Ninja. For some reason, that's like the standout to me, even though even though oh. obviously Tommy Boy and Black Sheep are the best. But oh, absolutely. Know, Beverly Hills Ninja was probably like, I don't know if that was the first one I saw. I think it might have been. It's really sad because not long ago, the kid who played the young version of him in Beverly Hills Ninja in the beginning of the movie died pretty similarly not long ago as well. And he was one of the voices in Recess, the TV really? show. Really? Holy shit. He Drug overdose, apparently. Oh, I remember It's really Recess. sad. I loved Recess. Yeah. I watched the movie. It's just, I don't think I watched the show. I watched the movie, though. I think he was in the movie, too, but I'm not sure. But, you know, it's just... But then again, you know, with Chris Farley, it's just like he was like the John Belushi of the 90s. And, you know, he and he was a fan of his, too. So, you know, and it's sad that, you know, he almost, like, suffered the same fate. So, real quick, did you did you finish Uncle Peckerhead or no? I didn't, unfortunately. I want to. I want to. I liked That's where it was very, going. Very good. I, I think that, like, based on what I had seen so far in the movie, I liked the gore effects. They were actually pretty That's good. For an, independent, for an independent movie, whoever did these gore effects, I have to give them a lot of credit on that. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where there's two metalheads in the parking lot pissing the guy off, and he goes over, and he, like, kills them both, and he rips the one guy's <laughs> head off, and his, like, spine's hanging off of it. It was pretty crazy. Some, like, predator shit, practically. <laughs> but, yeah, check out Uncle Peckerhead. It's basically about a band that doesn't have a van for their tour. So, basically, they find this guy, and he's like, oh, I'll drive you. And they're like, okay, sweet. We got a van. And they, <laughs> then they go on the road with this random dude, and lo and behold, he's a freaking monster murdering killing machine. And every person they come across, he pretty much kills. Um. So it's just it's just a, one of those kind of funny horror movies. Yeah. And I think we talked to the about this movie before we went on the air was uh, the new Disney Plus movie Soul. Uh, Soul. And, you know, I got to watch. I, I sat down and watched it. I missed a couple of parts here and there, but like it was a. Uh, my girlfriend's kid sister was watching it, so we sat down and watched with her. And, you know, I, 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 I got to say, you know, not a bad movie, especially for a kid's movie and especially like the concept behind it, you know, a guy trying to cheat is pretty much just trying to cheat death so he can prove. I, th I think it was like, you know, he pretty much wanted to prove to the world that, you know, he can do something with himself and that he and then towards the end of the movie, long story short, he's willing to, you know, give up himself, you know, for give up everything he's worked for so someone else can go on to live their life. But then and then he's rewarded, you know, it shows he proves how selfless he like it's almost like a a life lesson, you know, trying not trying to be more selfless and yeah, more giving. But it was good. You know, I mean, like, it was good. Good music and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like jazz, you know, I mean, like yeah. like and all that. And, you know, I mean, me like it's not like the it's not a genre I'm crazy about. I'll listen to it. It's catchy. But, I, you know, if you like jazz and, you know, this is like something that you'll probably enjoy, too. Nice. But yeah. Um. So I guess we'll get into a couple documentaries that I saw this year, which are the Bee Gees documentary and the Go-Go's documentary. The Bee Gees one you could find on HBO Max that just came out. And the Go-Go's Go -Go one came out on Showtime probably back in like August or something. Both were fantastic. So if you like either of those bands, definitely check them out because they both are they both encapsulate their career in so many great ways. So I don't know. I don't know much else to say, but 
mainly for people that are probably fans of those bands but if not and you want to learn about the history of two really great big bands like them definitely check it out well you know you think about it the Bee Gees had a huge impact in pop culture too i mean like they appeared in so many movies too i mean saturday night fever saturday night fever well no no no. even not just even saturday night fever but even movies that came out in the 80s the 90s even like today like you know staying alive more than a woman you know their hit songs you know they appear in a lot of movies you know like whether you know you're familiar with their band or not or you're familiar with them you always hear them no matter what and like they're always on the radio too well bg's had over 40 year career yeah they started in like the 60s and actually even before that they might have even started in the 50s but like obviously didn't release music until 60s but they were like little kids and i don't know if you knew that they're they're all brothers you know that right Mm -hmm. the gib brother gib brothers okay yeah so you know about them um yeah yeah i'm I'm surprised you didn't watch that yet i i need to get a chance to sit down there's documentaries i still need to sit down and watch there's that there's another documentary i really want to check out is belushi no definitely oh is that out I, I I don't know if it's out yet. I think it's coming out soon, but wow. But you know, wonder, I mean, but wonder you know, if Eliza's on that. Yeah, you never know. I mean, like, and that's a question. Eventually, a quite this is like a whole entire episode we'll get into eventually. But I definitely want to ask if she had any kind of interaction with Belushi. I'm sure she's got a hell of a story to talk about him. Well, yeah, she met that scene with him. Yeah, no, John Belushi's not in that scene of an Animal House. Oh, he's not. I thought he was. No, he's not in that scene. Who's the one that she's with then? Uh, the, the you mean the over the heavy set guy? Uh, that's uh, Flounder. Flounder. He's like he he passed away not long ago. Oh, okay, he, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like I don't even know what Belushi's character was doing <laughs> while all that shit was happening. Yeah, the uh, the Go Go's documentary. That one's fantastic as well, and you learn about a, a lot about them, like including the fact that. They were a punk band. They were an all, all girl punk band before they they became like the pop band that they are. Um, and that's because it sold more, pretty much. That's pretty much what it came down to. It was it was what was gonna make them bigger because they released the song, um, what's the freaking song? Uh the beat one. We got the beat. We got the beat. And you know, and you know, even it, that that song even went on to be in a uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And you know, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, they were like using music that was like big at the time. So I can totally see why they used it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I learned stuff about them. I had no idea. Like they were most of them were cokeheads, and the one guitarist had like a heroin problem, I think. And <sighs> damn, just a lot of stuff. One of going them. On. One of them was in the punk band, the Germs, too, right? Uh, yeah, wasn't that Jane? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And then the, the singer of that band died in like 82. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just another really good one. Check that out on Showtime whenever you get the chance. Yeah. And then so, what do you got next? Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I re- just watched that the other day. So, you know, I've been seeing on social media, lots of mixed criticism and me, I'm like half and half about it. So like, the thing is, you know, this is what kind of like, you know, bother, like it was, I wouldn't say it necessarily bothered me per se, but like, you know, it was just, you know, like it's supposed, so like I was expecting, you know, like it to be nostalgic, just like all like the other nostalgia shows, you know, like 
the thing is, like, like when you see the, the title, 1984, you think it's going to be nostalgic. You think it's going to have a lot of homage to the 80s and all that. And it did. It had some good homages. But, like, you barely saw, like, any of, like, the... It's just, like, it, they didn't really play as much 80s music. They didn't really, like, you know, stick with, like, the whole nostalgia thing. Kind of like what Stranger Things does. Like, what the It Chapter 1 did. It's just, you know, it didn't feel like it was entirely taking place in the 80s. And, you know, and I, I'll give it this, you know, Pedro Pascal kicked ass in it. You know, of course, Gal Gadot, she was amazing as usual as the character. But, and like, I, it was cool to see Chris Pine come back, you know, even though his character died in the first one. But you know what? I don't know. It's just like, and me, I'm a huge fan. Of, and anybody... Anybody who knows me on a personal level knows that I love the 80s. I love that era so much. But this was kind of a letdown to me in regards to, you know, paying a tribute, paying a tribute to that era, as well as, you know, paying a homage to like nostalgia in the 80s. I, I was kind of let down because. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah. And so like I and, you know, me being a huge fan of the 80s, I have to say the first Wonder Woman movie was probably better. You know, and I'll give I'll give it this. The new one had its good moments. It had, you know, like, you know, so spoiler alert, you know, Pedro Pascal's character is like this very greedy, you know, unsuccessful TV personality businessman kind of a guy who, you know, eventually ends up getting some kind of a power to and wishes for all the power he can get and becomes like this genie type of character from a old artifact. And I, I, I would be so like spoiler alert. Nobody dies at the end of the movie. Not right. even the not, not even the, that on here. Yeah, well, not even the not even the main characters. You know, like, this is a thing. People are going to see it. Some people are not. So if they are mad at my spoiler, who gives a shit? But like the thing is, I, I do like the concept. You know, the character, the, the antagonist by Pedro Pascal redeems himself. I do like the concept of redemption. I do like that. I'll give it that. But, you know, I don't know. I just, like I said, kind of like how I felt with uh, Hubie, like, not was it, I don't know if it was Hubie, Hubie Halloween. I felt like something was missing. I really do. But then again, it was a good watch. But yeah, I, I'm going to say, watch, it's two and a half hours long. Watch really? at your own risk. Yeah, it's two and a half hours long. Uh... So yeah, watch at your own risk. You don't want to watch it. Don't watch it. You want to give it you want to take a leap of faith and give it a try, do it at your own risk. That's all I'll say. Yeah, look, it's good that they didn't charge people 20 bucks for that one. Well, yeah, no. I mean, like, if you have HBO Max, you can watch it on there for free for 30 days. That's cool. Oh, and then they're going to charge? No, they don't even charge you. Yeah, but after 30 days, they're going to charge? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll just take it down off of HBO Max, kind of like how they're doing the theatrical release. Because in st certain states that have a have it screening in theaters because like apparently my i have one friend who's living in arizona he saw it in imax wow so i guess so i guess the, the places that don't have access to movie theaters like los angeles county being one and probably california state above all you know we don't have really much of a choice but to watch it at home so yeah, yeah. um yeah. let's see let him go was fantastic with uh what's his face kevin costner and uh, what's the girl's name? Diane Keaton. Fantastic. She's, she's still Western around? type Damn. type movie, sort of. Um, 
so check that one out that one's really good sound of metal which was very good that's the one about the, the drummer that loses his hearing and basically wants to get back out on the road and go tour but he can't hear for shit so he goes to this deaf clinic pretty much where he learns sign language and all that shit and eventually he tries to get a hearing aid and he ends up getting the money for that which is like a crazy amount of money like 100 grand or 50 grand or something damn and then the thing doesn't even work that well and shit i just kind of spoiled that but um yeah it's just one of those movies it's like it's kind of a hard sad watch to watch but so it's very, drama very drama yeah it's really not like it's i i thought going into it too that it was going to be like some metal movie it's really not it's just called sound of metal but um so i i never got to finish it i don't know if i'll ever take the time to finish it i know you did but tell me your thoughts on becky uh i did not care for becky i thought that was kind of a weak horror movie personally um i don't know we saw that at the drive-in and i remember we had to leave and then the, and then the car battery died <laughs> my car battery died in the middle of the freaking movie not even. No, it was like a third of the way through. It wasn't. No, it was like a third. It was. We were barely even for the first third of it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we were just getting to the decent parts. <laughs> uh, so basically, my car died. They jumped it, and by the time that all ended, after ten or fifteen minutes, we had just missed like pivotal parts of the movie. So I was just like, screw it, let's just go home. Um, but then I finished it a couple weeks later on like a bootleg or something. And yeah, I didn't care for it. I thought that main girl wasn't that great. She wasn't enjoyable to watch as like the lead at all. And Kevin James was real over the top and it just didn't make sense. And even his like henchman character was just annoying because he had like the soft side and he wanted to like let the family go and stuff. And he would keep bouncing back and forth like, oh, but now I'm, I'm the mean angry guy again. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sure you I stay here. That. Yeah. They, they yeah, even in the first third. Even in the first third of the movie, you could tell that character. He was, like, switching sides all the fucking time. Yeah, you know? it was constant. Yeah, so. and then I, this is last on my list. Even though this is technically a 2019 movie, it's still very fresh. But And I know you saw it. I was hoping Donovan would be able to talk about it with us because I know he saw it, too, was Art of Self-Defense, you know? Yeah, but that's last year, though. <laughs> it's last year, but, you know, it's still very fresh. 2019 is still very fresh. And, you know, some good movies actually came out that year. But I liked that movie, you know, not just because of being a martial artist, but like I like how the first half of it kind of like described, you know, it's a very accurate depiction on most martial artists when they're just starting out. They like want to just, you know, have the ability to defend themselves and all that. But I like the I like the, the the twist in that movie that the one committing all like the like the attacks and all that is the the grandmaster. Yeah, I like that one. But yeah. It was good. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got in regards to films. And then, like I had mentioned before we went on the air, I tried twice watching Birds of Prey, fell asleep both times. I watched it in theaters. I really liked that one because, like I said before, I like I like any superhero movies that got, have the comedy aspects. And I don't know. I thought that movie was very colorful. And I like that actress. Uh, what's her name again? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Um, yeah. Love her in I, Tanya. If you ever get a chance, see her and I, Tanya, on the Tanya Harding, the figure ice skater. Yeah. And I liked her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I do feel like she should have been in more of it, though. 
Yeah, she, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't believe. I don't believe she was in enough of it. It was mainly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Brad Pitt's characters were amazing in that movie. Like, of yeah. course, you know them being the main characters. But I felt like that there wasn't enough of a uh, Margot, let alone Al Pacino. Yeah, no, definitely not. But yeah, um, King of Staten King of Staten Island was really good. That came out this year with Pete Davidson. That's kind of like a film that goes out to his dad who died in 9-11. Um, his dad died in 9-11? He, he did, yeah. He's actually, it was kind of weird when I was in New York City a couple months ago. We walked Holy over to one shit. of the, we walked right over to one of the towers, you know, like one of the, the waterfall things, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we saw his dad's name. Like the first one we saw was his dad's name, which is like Holy Scott shit. Davidson. It's bizarre, you know, I mean, him and then even, uh, uh, Anthony Perkins, uh, Norman Bates's uh, wife, she's one of the people that passed away in 9-11 too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then was she in a tower or in like a plane or I think she was on one of the planes actually. And you know, it's oh. also ironic. Uh, somebody from Buffalo also died in the 9-11 attacks. And you know, what's also fucked up his wife, uh, about 12 years later. Do you remember that plane crash in uh, Buffalo, like February 2012? It was like in the plane crash in Clarence or whatever. Yeah, I went to the field for that when I was home a couple months ago. Yeah, uh, she ironically died in that plane crash. Like 10 years, like 10 to 11 years after her husband died in 9-11. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's almost feels like some kind of Final Destination shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Speaking of that, I think Final Destination is getting censored on Netflix right now. That's what I. Heard. Oh, it's such fucking bull. I'm sorry, you know, I don't care if it's insensitive or not. It's such fucking bullshit. Why censor something, especially on a streaming service where everything is practically unrated? Like, like why? Because like they say it's too graphic or too sensitive. Like, who gives a fucking shit? You know. So, anyways, King of Staten Island was probably the first one that came out in like March ish. I can't remember. But it was like the first one that was charging 20 bucks, I think. One of the first. And I just remember people were like complaining, complaining, complaining. And I was one of them. I was like, why are we paying 20 bucks for something we're watching on our TV? So what So what was the problem exactly with this movie? Nothing. I really like it, actually. I bought it on Blu-ray. But, you know, I just I don't like I don't like paying 20 bucks for a rental. I, that's, that's crazy to me. Well, yeah. um, I don't mind six bucks or something, but t- 20 is just like raping people. <laughs> and I get they got they I get they got to make their money back, but it's it's just it's a tough situation either way. But it was worth buying it on Blu-ray because it's it's just a good movie. Bill Burr's in it, and he plays like the the mother's love interest. Um, it's it's real funny. It's it's definitely a good time. Uh, let's see. So there's those are that's like it for the ones that I watched. Uh, War with Grandpa was was decent. That's the one that. Grant Kramer from Killer Clowns that we had on the episode, he produced it. That's like a decent watch. It's like you know, typical, you know, you know, you know, like a parent, like parent, almost. yeah, like like one of those uh slaps, not not slaps a comedy, but like one of those you know, it's bizarre sort of comedies, it's sort bizarre of comedies. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's just it's just it's about Robert De Niro. He moves in with like his family or whatever, and. uh his grandson. I, I think he ta- he took his grandson's room. That's the problem. And oh, so it's practically revenge. <laughs> pretty much. The kid doesn't like that. And <laughs> they just kind of 
pull pranks on each other constantly the whole movie um <laughs> and yeah it's just it's just co- constant bickering and but then yeah, obviously eventually they they start to like each other and then it, then it just keeps going on that's the one weird thing about that was that it kept, kind of dragged on a little bit because i kept thinking the movie was over and then like some something else would happen you know yeah uh, you know i kind of like when some movies do that they kind of make you think the movie's almost over but wait there's more but no, no the kid has still got crazy shit up his sleeves he's gonna <laughs> do it <laughs> let's see so that's that one um now there's a bunch that came out in the past week couple weeks last month that i want to check out we already mentioned soul i'm gonna check that out as soon as i can that's on disney plus um there's one called ma rainey's black bottom that just came out on netflix which i'm guessing is chadwick boseman's final role damn and it's really good so far i'm only like 20 minutes into it but that's got like a 99 percent rating on rotten tomatoes right now so i'm guessing that it's just yeah it's just so bizarre just to say it i mean how long he paddled cancel he battled cancer for what four or five years and it's just he and he still he still did movies you know i mean that takes a lot i mean like but, you know, like, especially with the Marvel Universe and all that, like, who's going to take his place for Black Panther now is the question. Hopefully nobody, because that'd be stupid. It would that, be. That would not work. Not uh, at all. But, yeah, so that's that's a good one to check out. I'm guessing that one's going to be around for award season. Uh, there's good. One, there's one called News of the World, which is the new Tom Hanks movie. I really want to see that. It's like, I think it's sort of like a Western, but um, I don't know where that's playing right now. I think it's just in theaters, so... If you're in a good part of the country that's not completely shut down, like California, uh, go check that out because that's apparently really good. Now we got that one. Let's see. Let Them All Talk, which is the new Meryl Streep one. And I believe Lucas Hedges is in that from like Lady Bird, Manchester by the Sea and stuff like that. So that, that one's the one to check out. Uh, I don't know how to say this. I think it's Ammonite. Ammonite or Ammonite, which has got Ammonite. Aminet. Yeah, that's what I thought. And that's got uh, Saoirse Ronan from Lady Bird, and it's got Kate Winslet from, obviously, Titanic. <clears throat> and that one's doing decently. Uh, Mank. Mank is also out on Netflix. That's the new Gary Oldman one. I think Amanda Seyfried's in that. That one's doing very well. So there's a lot to check out, and there's a lot more coming out. Um, all the award season movies are going to be right now and in the coming weeks, so be on the lookout for those and then yeah. i think i think we all know what's all right, all right let's just ask you so like what's what's some of your most anticipated movies of 2021 and two that i can think of right, right off the top of my head are jackass 4 and halloween kills jack jackass 4 and halloween kills are definitely mine i was really hoping to see halloween kills this year but uh, for obvious reasons that didn't happen Jackass 4, I'm especially if hearing that a couple of guys got hospitalized, you know that shit's going to be outrageous in this one. I can't wait. I and I hope, hope I hope it's not they don't drop the ball on it like they did with Action Mark yeah. Action Point. That was bad. I just hope uh, one way or another they make Ryan Dunn proud and uh but uh as yeah. for um as for uh going but a TV series that I'm looking forward to, season 3 of Cobra Kai. I'm so excited for that. I thought they dropped it, or did they not drop it? Nope. So get this. So originally they were scheduled to release May 2021. 
But, you know, because it did so well on Netflix, people are, are so eager for more. They pushed it back to January 8th. But guess what? Christmas came early. Now they're releasing it January 1st, New Year's Day. Wow. I got to get on that. So, yeah, you got to. No, no. What's great? Seen, if I've only seen the first Karate Kid, do I need to see the other ones to enjoy that or no? Yes. Okay. Yes, you definitely will. Because uh, based on what I hear, season three is going to be doing some serious throwbacks and connections to Karate Kid 2. And who knows? They might do something related to three. Four, like, which doesn't have uh, Ralph Macchio. It has Hilary Swank as uh, the protagonist. I would say just go and watch all the Karate Kid movies, like Karate Kid 2, 3, and the next Karate Kid. Then go straight into season one of Cobra Kai. But what's so great about Cobra Kai is, you know, I wouldn't say there's necessarily good and bad. Everybody in this show has their flaws, you know? So, like, it's so well-written, and, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, you see, like, how, you know, the protagonist of the original movie, Daniel LaRusso, is, has now gone on to be a successful, uh, you know, owner of a dealership. And he's doing well with his life. And he was the good guy in the movie who, you know, pretty much, you know, won it all. And then, and then Johnny, Johnny, who is like the, the main guy of Cobra Kai, is like, you know, his life has gone to complete shit. And then, you know, then he revives Cobra Kai. But, you know, it tries to, like, make a turnaround. There's It's it's so well written because you get to see, like, it shows the thing about Cobra Kai. It shows the bigger picture of the Karate Kid story. That's cool. So, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's one that I forgot about. Uh, this, call, this movie called Words on Bathroom Walls. That was the first movie I saw back in a theater while we were in this COVID shutdown, basically, this year. And so obviously the experience of going back to the movies was amazing, but it was actually a really good movie too. So that one's got Charlie Plummer, who you might've seen in Lean on Pete. And he's been in a few movies, but uh, definitely check that one out when you get a chance. And then, yeah, there's not much more, I don't think. I mean, there's yeah, a couple, pretty there's much a couple it. that probably were fished in there, but <laughs> yeah, not much that I could think of. So overall, well, we talked about a hell of a lot, man. Exactly. Overall, not a bad year for releases, especially throughout all the shit. But obviously, when everybody can get back to work in the studio or on the sets, we'll be seeing a lot more. Oh, hell yeah. And, and you know, films. and the good thing about, you know, the whole pandemic, even like while people had to be quarantined before productions went back in effect, it gave people time to write or like go back and, you know, fix stuff and the stuff that hadn't been released. Exactly. And I feel like they're probably sitting on a lot of stuff right now. So, oh, if just think about the boom that's going to happen once, you know, the pandemic is over, especially, you know, music. With, especially with, music, with music, with music, film, live events, everything, you know, music going to be, be crazy. Insane. Hopefully people all. Hopefully people will actually go to shows. You know, this will encourage them, you know, that life is too fucking short. You got to go out and do it. People will. I'm not worried about it. I think yeah. I think when enough people get this vaccine, enough people will stop worrying about it. Honestly. Yeah. We'll have we'll have the couple well, I mean, that'll still be freaking out about it, but I think I think the majority of people want to get back to normal life again. Well, I mean even before the pandemic, I hope people will take advantage of the opportunity to go see an actual show in person, you know, because there's so much sentimental value to seeing a concert 
yes. up front, especially jumping rather off than, the stage. Well, rather than just watching it on your phone and all that. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. You know that it's, there's so much sentimental value to seeing something in a theater or in person. Exactly. And you already know, whenever I go to show, I, I take a couple quick pics and videos, you know, I'll take some for the social media, but then I'll put my phone away and I'll be good. For yeah. The put the phone the away. Yeah, exactly. And I then next separate. thing you know, I see, next thing you know, I see you disappear out of nowhere and you go flying off the stage. Yeah, I'm crazy. <laughs> but I love it. And that's why I go because I love it. Yeah. I'm not going to stand there in the back with my arms crossed like an asshole. You know, I'm going to go in the, in the pit and I'm going to have fun. <laughs> Show, give, yeah. give the band my all, you know. That's what so they want to anyway. do. So I think this was all a right. pretty good episode. Uh, we got some plans for pretty, I guess we'll call it season two next. Because it'll be a new year, so Pretty yeah. Much season two of Callan's Petty Talk Show will be coming back at you with some new guests and some new topics and just a little bit of everything. So if you liked what you heard so far, check it out. If you didn't, check it out. If you really hated it, check it out because it's gonna get better. <laughs> and shit, we don't even know what we're doing, but we're still doing decently because people are listening. So yeah, that's all I got to say. Got anything left? Nope. Adios, amigos. See you in 2021. We'll see you listeners soon. Bye.